Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. BFFT. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the Bald Face Truth. So much to talk about as usual. Uh, you know, look, I told somebody today, I said, you, I used to be in the business of covering games. I'd cover games, talk about players, we'd talk about matchups. We still do that. But uh, we're also in an era where we have to talk about conference realignment, media rights deals, Gonzaga shopping itself around. Is that real? What is Gonzaga up to? I can tell you that uh, the report out today, Pete Thamel, ESPN, reporting that Gonzaga's athletic director met with the Big 12 Conference Commissioner in Texas. I can tell you that uh, I, I do think Gonzaga is shopping itself around, Pac-12 included, Big 12 included. Hell, I think they're going to talk to the SEC. If you look at Gonzaga's recent history, they have done a deal with Kentucky, a six-game series with Kentucky. You've got Mark Few, the Gonzaga coach, who came on this show and talked about wanting to explore all their options. That's what they're going to do. They're going to explore all options. Where do I think Gonzaga ends up? I, uh, I kind of feel like Gonzaga is going to end up either in the WCC, right where they are, and I'll tell you why in a moment, or... Maybe somewhere like the SEC. If they're going to go big, why not go where it where it uh, means more, in the SEC? But uh, I don't think they make a lot of sense for the Big 12. I don't blame them for talking. I don't blame them for trying to drive the price up uh, and create some negotiating leverage. In fact, I think Mark Few coming on this radio show and talking to me was in part designed to do that several weeks ago. If you are a Gonzaga fan... You know in the WCC you have some inherent advantages. You have a media deal that is very favorable. Gonzaga gets a lot of little perks. Uh, its own media rights deal has an imbalanced payout when it comes to that. Gonzaga gets more of the money that it raises and earns to keep for itself. And let's make no mistake, we're all well aware that Gonzaga has a clearer path to the NCAA tournament by virtue of the WCC, its own conference. It's one of only three conferences in America, the Southland Conference and the WAC being the other two, that gives a double bye to the regular season champion in the conference tournament. That means when Gonzaga wins the regular season, they are automatically in the semifinal round of their conference tournament. They don't have to play a Tuesday game. They don't have to play a Wednesday game. They go right to Friday. And they go, hey, look, we win Friday, we win Saturday, we are the champion uh, of the conference tournament, and we're the champion of our regular season, and gosh, we might be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Nowhere else are they going to get that advantage. Certainly not going to get it in the Pac-12, where they would have to get by Oregon. They would have to get by Arizona. Not going to get it in the Big 12, where they have to deal with Kansas and others. Uh, probably not going to get it in the SEC, even if they go there. It's why I think that Mark Few was coming on this radio show like hey look let's let's uh let's uh remind people by playing 
the Mark Few cut where he said, hey, the landscape is a changing. Seeing where they're doing, I think what you're seeing is the first run is at football, and then the next run you'll see will be for, you know, programs in the basketball realm that can move the needle and, and, and you know, can, can actually generate TV revenue, can generate, you know, eyeballs, have a brand, and, uh, and, then, and also the, the difference in basketball then is, you know, shares in the NCAA tournament, the, mm-hmm. the money that they bring in and shares from that. I think we're number one over the last five years in that. So, uh, yeah, the, all those stuff, for, it's definitely happening across all realms for us, and we just need to look and, and kind of make a really solid, prudent uh, uh, decision and also look at so far what we've been doing has been working uh, pretty good also, but the yeah. landscape is changing, and we're very aware of that. Mark Few, Gonzaga coach on this show just uh, five days ago. Now the Gonzaga University Athletic Director meeting with Brett Yormark, the Big 12 commissioner in Texas, to talk about uh, Gonzaga possibly joining the Big 12 conference. I say if you're a Pac-12 basketball fan, let this play out. Gonzaga is going to do what is right for Gonzaga. I think all things being equal – Gonzaga probably stays in the WCC, stays right where it is, because as Mark Few pointed out, hey, this is kind of working the way that it is. Uh, If you are a uh, Pac-12 fan, uh, I could see why Pac-12 fans are going, oh, no, 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 you you can't allow this to happen. Don't want this to happen. Uh, Because if you are a Pac-12 fan, like you're, you're saying, hey, don't let the Big 12 get Gonzaga. But I also think, like, you know, as I talked to the people after writing the column about Gonzaga as a basketball-only entry to the Pac-12, the response I got was um, some people in Pac-12 circles and in positions of leadership kind of going, yeah, you know, it would be good, it's a good brand. But I didn't get a lot of people like falling over themselves going, this is a must-have. You have to make it happen. Uh, because, uh, frankly, there's just not as much money involved. Only about 15% of the revenue generated in college athletics is generated by men's basketball. And, you know, always talk about it as a revenue-producing sport, and it is. The NCAA tournament certainly is lucrative with those uh, tournament units worth more than $340,000 each. Um, But you uh, are not talking about a lot of money that is involved in regular season basketball as far as the TV deals are concerned. I want to talk uh, about some Pac-12 football games that are going on this weekend. Uh, We do this every Wednesday. We kind of get the feels on the games. We'll talk about the latest fallout from the college football playoff selection committee rankings. The initial rankings are out. Talk about what they mean, what you should be rooting for, where do you want your team to end up. We've got great guests today. Jaden Grant will be joining us. Oregon State team captain, defensive back Bruce Barnum will be with us. And I'm going to go a little outside the box. We got an all-star game happening in our region. Yes, we do. Ultimate Frisbee all-star game. Did you guys know there was an all-star game for the Ultimate Frisbee? I found this out, and I was like, you know what? We got to get we got to get him on the show. Yeah, I can't say that I knew that. Uh, it's a surprise to me. I'm excited, so, though. That's in the 5 o'clock hour because it's the happy hour. That's where happy things happen, and I think Ultimate Frisbee be. Is that a sport you can play if you're having a beverage? Like, I'm not saying you're playing in the All-Star game while having a beverage, but, like, bowling, darts, 
I seem to get a little better at those sports if I have like an alcoholic beverage in my hand. I mean, ultimate frisbee, you get you're running around, so I would guess probably not, right? Like if you're golfing or you're bowling, <laughs> like you're not running, you're just walking. But yeah, in ultimate right. frisbee, you're running, you're playing defense, probably throwing I, up. Yeah, I don't, I don't think beer. the drinks are good for that one. Okay, never mind. All right, we'll talk in the five o'clock hour about that. But let's start with these uh, college football games, guys. Uh, Peter Sampson's in as well. We'll kick this around a little bit. Uh, first of all. Uh, Oregon State going to Washington on Friday night. Jonathan Smith was on the show yesterday. He talked about the weather. I told him it's going to be wet. It's going to be windy. He said he didn't mind, and I believe him. Oregon State runs the football, probably relies on the passing game a little less than Washington. Michael Penix, Jr., uh, the weather not favoring the Huskies in this one. This spread is really interesting. I've seen it as low as Washington minus three. As high as Washington minus four and a half, I think it's going to settle around four. But uh, Oregon State playing at Washington, I know the home favorites have been great, but my feel on this game, again, we give our final picks tomorrow. Guys, I'm leaning towards the Beavers in this one and taking the points because of the weather. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you right now. Um, you know, I was listening to some clips from Trent Bray, the defensive coordinator, and he was saying how they, the Beaver defense needs to be ready to take the ball. And it sounded very confident, like, because of the weather, it's going to be a problem for that Washington offense. And there's going to be some turnover opportunities for the Bees to take advantage. So I'm with you. I love that Oregon State defense. Uh, you know, Ben Gilbranson has been better as he's been going on in his starting career here. Uh, the running game is going for Oregon State. I think it, it, the weather really fits the way Oregon State wants to play. So, yeah, I'm leaning Oregon State right now, but... Uh, when it comes to Friday, I don't know, man. I, I may be able to talk myself into Washington just because they are at home. Yeah, how, will, do, how dominant the home teams have been. We will broadcast Friday from Husky Stadium. So I will be on site in Husky Stadium. So I'll be there. Like, we will know what is the weather, what does it feel like, what is the view like. So we will be all over that on Friday as this radio show is hitting the road on Friday. Uh, Peter Sampson, do you have a feel on Oregon State, Washington at this point. Yeah, I sort of agree with Steven. I I, I think the weather's going to impact, uh, you know, a quarterback like Penix. They really run through him. Uh, and, I mean, we can't overstate how wet it's going to be. I've been looking at the forecast for the Northwest, and it is going to be gnarly on Friday night uh, from Portland up into Washington. Uh, Goldbrinson, I kind of wonder how he's going to be able to handle it, but he hasn't, like, he's made some great throws, but it's not like he's the guy. You know what I mean? It's like he's putting the team on his shoulders and driving them down the field three times in the second half. That's not to take away from what he's done. So I think we're going to have a relatively low-scoring game, but I'm honestly surprised. Uh, three maybe makes sense. Four and a half seems high. I actually am pretty close to picking the Beavers in a low-scoring uh, close one here. Yeah, that's how I uh, that's how I feel about that game at this point. Let's move to game number two, uh, getting off the Friday game a little bit. And those Friday games are weird, but Oregon's going to Colorado on Saturday, 12.30 kickoff ESPN. Um, I don't feel a lot of enthusiasm for this game right now from Duck fans, and I think they're looking past Colorado, and they're going, okay, got this one. But I, I still need to see Oregon show up, and Oregon has a real opportunity there, I think, to get some style points very easily against Colorado. Road game, uh, tough to win on the road in this conference, but not tough to beat Colorado. Uh, Colorado has struggled to score points this season. If you're an Oregon fan, I think you are looking at this game and probably going, hey, I'll, maybe I'll watch the first half of this game because it could get pretty ugly. But I'm I'm still into this. 
Um, guys, uh, what do you think about Oregon? And uh, I'm looking for the latest spread on this game. I haven't yet pulled it up. But... I got uh, 31 and a half. Okay, 31 and a half. Oregon, Oregon given 31 and a half at Colorado. Uh, it to me, I, Colorado can't get to 20. It it just can't in this game. So Colorado's at like 17 in this game. Can Oregon get to 48? That's that line feels about right. I'm tempted to take Colorado and 31 and a half at home just because I've seen Oregon give up points late in games against BYU, UCLA, other teams. But, damn it, is Colorado good enough to get any points in this game? Yeah, no, I agree with you because you look at Oregon, the lowest points they've scored besides that Georgia game, 41 against BYU. So I'm assuming they're going to get you know at least 41 and against this Colorado team probably more. Um, but 31 and a half points, that is just a lot of points. That's a lot of backdoor potential there. Um, I, I I would lean Colorado just because that's too many points to give up. But Ducks have covered the last four. I don't feel good about that one at all, though. Yeah, I don't. I never touch games with this high as as a spread. But uh, I'm gonna go the other way, man. I, the Ducks are mad. Look, they handled Colorado, but they're upset. They left three red zone opportunities on the board. There, they know that they're playing four style points. They're playing for the eyes of the committee. Uh, I think they're gonna run up the score in a major, major way. Could could, but my feel right now is. Oregon has to get to 49 to cover that spread, and it probably do. It probably get to 50 or more. Let's move to Washington State, 12:30 game as well on the Pac-12 networks. They are at Stanford. Washington State has really been struggling. They have been struggling on the offensive side of the ball. They are a five point, four and a half to five point favorite in this game. The over/under is 50 and a half. Uh, so uh, you know, I I'm really. Looking at this game from Washington State's standpoint, this is an opportunity for Washington State to get healthy on the offensive side of the ball. But Stanford's been better at home. They seem to play good in these ugly games. I'm tempted to pick Stanford in this game because they're at home, and I, and I just have not been impressed with Washington State lately. I, I'm going to go the opposite way on this one. I think I'm going to like Washington State. You know, Stanford four. You know, they've been three. Uh, they've been two and two in their last four games. But they haven't been scoring points, right? It was 27 against Oregon State, and that was by far the most. The last three games they've been in the teens. The Washington State offense, yes, they are getting healthier. Um, and, you know, they didn't show much against Utah, but they're coming off, you know, a longer bye week, or not a bye week, but a longer rest from that game on Thursday. Uh, Stanford, obviously, not a great home field. I think I'm going to lay the points with Washington State, and they get a little bit back on track here. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Uh, the long rest. And, I mean, Jake Dickert came out after that last game and said, look, man, nothing we are doing is working offensively. A little extra time to maybe design something within the scheme and just do something to get some points. And, yeah, you look at that 14, 14, 13 in the last three weeks for Stanford. I, I think I'm going Washington State. I don't, I, I'm leaning Stanford right now. I just think they had the same question after the Oregon State game, and they did not answer it against Utah. Let's go to Arizona, Utah, 430 on the Pac-12 networks. Uh, Utah... Uh, seems to have uh, found its footing. Will they have Cam Rising? We don't know. We now know Rising did not practice after the uh, USC game. And so he, uh, as much as Utah wants to say that Cam Rising was a late scratch, it does look like Cam Rising uh, was not anticipated to play in that game at all. And uh, they probably uh, should have shared that with the broadcast crew. But uh, Utah's a 17.5 to 18-point favorite in this game. They're at home. The home favorites cover more than 70% of the time. Uh, this is a good team against a team that's struggling. Uh, that said, I think Arizona can score. They'll score in this game. I'm leaning right now towards Utah. 
at home. I think there's no doubt Utah wins the game, but uh, I could flip to Arizona with 17 or 18 points, depending on where it ends up. Yeah, this is an interesting one because just because of the injuries, right? You know, Cam Rising, we won't find out if we watch the broadcast if he's back or not. We won't find out there. <laughs> we'll find uh, out until he gets to the huddle. Right, right until the game starts. That's when we find out. Uh, but the good news for Utah, Dalton Kincaid, he was on the depth chart this week. Uh, looks like he will be playing as he was banged up against Washington State as well. Um, I think right now just with the unknown, I'm, I'm going to take, I'm gonna take Arizona. Uh, mm-hmm. Just, just on I don't the, blame you. Just on the case of if Cam Rising, you mean is, Arizona in the points, not Arizona right, to win. Right, right, not the okay. win. Just the points. Yeah. Uh, just in case Cam Rising is not playing. You know, Utah's offense was not great against Washington State. Arizona's defense is bad. But I think they can score enough if Cam Rising is not playing. But I, I, I reserve the right to uh, change my mind if Cam Rising is playing. But right now, you know, I'm leaning Arizona. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming Rising's going to go. I'm taking Utah, uh, giving up the 17 and a half. And look, even if he's not 100%, I mean, man, this Arizona team, they give up almost 500 yards a game. And uh, most importantly, I mean, 200 on the ground. If if Rising's not really playing super well, I mean, they can just turn to the running game and, uh, and try to get points that way. I mean, look, Arizona, man, giving up 49, 49, 45 the last yeah. three weeks. It's a bad defense that's trending even worse. I got to give some credit to Utah because uh, when I look at Utah. They've got a tight end who can't raise his arm above his shoulder. They got a quarterback who is hobbling around, may not may not uh play. Um uh, you know, the uh the some of the media who cover the team. I just texted uh the beat reporter, uh Josh Newman who covers the team right now during the segment and he said um that Rising looked like he was getting ready to play this week when he saw him at practice on Tuesday. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, the tight end, did not look like he was ready to play. So there's a chance they could be without their best offensive receiver in Kincaid. Rising's coming back, though, it looks like. Um, I think Utah, you know, I'll give, I'm going to give them credit here. Because when I look at the, the parts, when I look at the quarterback, when I look at the receivers, I look at the running back and the revolving door in that backfield, and I look at the offensive line, I don't see a lot. And yet they get it. They continue to find a way to get it done. Like, they just score enough to win. And I have to give them credit. They're playing for a whole bunch. I just don't know if they can cover 18 points against Arizona if they don't have Dalton Kincaid in uniform on Saturday. So keep an eye on that. Uh, that and, that's my lean right now. And to that point, they got to get healthy for that Oregon game a couple weeks down the road, yeah. right? Like, you got to look at that a little forward down the road. I don't think they lose to Arizona, but I, I don't know if they cover that 18. Uh, USC is home against Cal, 730 on ESPN. Uh, in that game, USC playing for a whole bunch. Cal trying to figure out like what is happening with their season. Will they start uh, the? Uh, will they start Jack Plummer at quarterback? Will they go with the backup who came in late? Like I, I know Justin Wilcox said after the game against Oregon that Plummer was his guy, but now they're saying you know he has he's a little dinged up. USC is a 21 to 21 and a half point favorite at home. The home favorites again cover. I think USC boat races Cal in, in this one. It, I just feel that. I 100% agree on this one. I, I can't back Cal in any any circumstance anymore. And, you know, the last couple of games, USC's given up points, but that Cal offense is not explosive. So I think USC uh, dominates this game and wins, uh, covers the spread. Yeah, we're unanimous. The wheels have come off down there. Let's go to UCLA, Arizona State. This is a fun game. Uh, UCLA uh, is uh, 7.30 kickoff FS1. UCLA is on the road in this game. Uh, the spread is right now somewhere between 10.5 and, and 11 points. UCLA is a favorite on the road. I like UCLA in this one. They're playing for a bunch. Arizona State, they're just not reliable. I don't trust them. 
I'm going to disagree. I think Arizona State keeps us close, and I think a weird this seems like a weird spot right now. For some reason, it seems like Arizona State might come out of nowhere. I think there's a slight chance Arizona State pulls off the upset, but I'm going to take Arizona State plus the 11 points. Yeah, this one's a tough one for me. I mean, look, they beat Washington two weeks ago by a touchdown, but this is also the same team that gave up 34 points to Colorado, even though they did win that game. I I think I got to go UCLA minus 10 and a half. All right. Jaden Grant coming up next. Uh, uh, we're going to bring – let's bring Jaden Grant on at, at 3.30 because we already bit into the segment a little bit. So I'll push him back to 3.30. Up next, if you were listening yesterday in the 5 o'clock hour, we, we have a pair of tickets to the Phil Knight Invitational, Phil Knight Classic. I asked yesterday Jonathan Smith, the Oregon State coach, what his go-to movie is. If he's sitting around, he's flipping around, he sees the movie on TV, what is the movie that he has to stop at and watch? He named two of them. If you have the answer to that, call now at 503-417-7575, and uh, we'll take the first caller who gets the correct answer. You get a pair of tickets to the Phil Knight Invitational. Leave it here. you got the BFT. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. So we have a pair of tickets to the Phil Knight Invitational. And uh, I, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm actually going to offer... One pair of tickets to someone who gets the correct answer in this segment. And then if you are uh, just tuning in and you have no idea what we're doing, you're also going to have an opportunity because I want, I want everyone to have an opportunity to win here. And so what we're going to do is yesterday in the 5 o'clock hour, I asked Jonathan Smith, the Oregon State football coach, which movie he is uh, prone to have to stop and watch if he sees it on TV, even for a few minutes. And he gave two answers. And uh, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to somebody who gets that right here in this segment. Phone lines are jammed. And here's the uh, second part of this. The second part of this is if you don't win right now, don't worry. Because Jaden Grant is coming up, the Oregon State team captain. I'm going to ask him the same same damn thing. I'm going to ask him what is his movie, his go-to movie, whatnot. He's going to give us the answer. So if you don't win on this round, Coming up in the 5 o'clock hour today, or maybe in the 4 o'clock hour when Anna's on, haven't decided yet, I will again open the phone lines and I'll ask you for Jaden Grant's movie and I'll give a second pair of tickets to the PK Invitational PK Classic away. That way, if you missed yesterday's and you're just tuning in now, you still have an opportunity. Here we go. Now, John in North Plains is going to be up first. We have Anthony, Jesse, Todd, Steve, Todd, another Todd. Todd's in Palm Desert. We have a bunch of bunch of people ready to call in, but John in North Plains is going to get the first crack. Now, John, do not blurt out your answer yet. And okay. uh, how you doing? Hey, real good, John. Tell me yesterday in the five o'clock hour or the podcast, where were you? How did this information? Don't give your answer yet, but how did this information come to you when when I did the Jonathan Smith interview? It was, uh, well, I was just listening to the show, and you, you knocked it out of the park once again. Bill Walton was on, I think, right before it. Yes. You're, so you're just listening wall-to-wall. Where were you yesterday? Were you running errands? Were you at work? Were you at home? What's your Set the scene for us. Yep, I'm uh, I'm a delivery person, so I'm out uh, um, listening constantly. You're fighting the good fight out there. You're one of my people. I Every time I see delivery people, they're like, I listen to the show. 
Uh, so what kind of delivery work do you do? UPS. Okay. So you're yep. in that you're in that big brown truck. What is your pet peeve? What, how can we all help UPS drivers? Um, what we need to do is uh, give the uh, give the uh, semis a little bit more uh, cushion. They have a safe space that yeah. they create naturally, and then everybody thinks that oh, there's my opportunity to uh, shoot the gap and then and then take away that safety zone. Causes problems. All right, John in North yeah. Plains. Um, all right, so if you get the correct answer here, you're going to get a pair of tickets to the Phil Knight Invitational PK Classic coming up on Thanksgiving weekend. And uh, if he does get the right answer, don't, don't fret, because I'm going to ask the same question to Jaden Grant coming up in the next segment. So John in North Plains, what did Oregon State football coach Jonathan Smith say his go-to movie was if he's sitting on the couch? I'm going to go with The Godfather. Okay. He he said the Godfather. That was his first answer. His second answer was the what? Usual suspects. You got them both. You get both tickets. You don't have to go by yourself. All right. So, John in North Plains, you're going to be on hold. Who are you taking to the game? You know, I haven't decided yet. Um, could be uh, – I've narrowed it down, though, about three people. All right. Well, you're going to be a popular guy that weekend. All right. I appreciate you listening. Thank you for uh, for listening to the show. Hey, and just one last thing, uh, man, yeah. you're knocking out of the park much like Jonathan Smith is. Uh, he's got that uh, stadium just buzzing down there, so yeah. keep it up, Jonathan. I appreciate that. We're going to put you on hold. You'll hear next from a uh, producer who is going to get your information. Now, if you didn't win, stay tuned because Jaden Grant is coming up in just a couple minutes. I'm going to ask him the same question, and then later in the show we'll open the lines again, and someone else will get to go to the PK Invitational PK Classic. Leave it here. Jaden Grant, Oregon State team captain, next. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. I always want everyone to win. I do. I wish I could give tickets to the Phil Knight Invitational to everybody. But uh, we will give away a pair of tickets to the Phil Knight Invitational to somebody listening to this interview with Jaden Grant. This is like a game show, like literally made this game up yesterday. Uh, we gave away a, a pair of tickets to the uh, to the uh, event to somebody who was listening last night as Jonathan Smith, the Oregon State coach, told us about his favorite movie. And Jaden Grant is joining us now, courtesy of Jamba, your local Jamba. Life is better blended. Jaden Grant is a Jamba guy, and he's joining us now. So here's what we're doing, Jaden. Uh, we got tickets to the Phil Knight Invitational on Thanksgiving weekend. And we gave them away. We gave them away to somebody who answered, uh, like, last night your coach was on the show, and we asked him what movie does he flip by, and he has to stop and watch. And then he, he said Godfather, and then he said Usual Suspects. Uh, and then somebody listening called in today with the correct answer, and we gave him the tickets. Now, we're going to do the same thing in your interview because uh, I want to know what movie you watch or what is your go-to movie. Okay. And then okay. later in the show... Uh, I will ask the question, and if somebody is paying attention to your interview, they'll win the tickets. Is that a good way to give away tickets? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think so. You're gonna, you're not gonna be able to watch those basketball games in person, are you? Because you're playing that week. You're playing Saturday. Will you go to any of those games on Sunday? Or you're a basketball guy. Yeah, I was just, I was actually just talking to um, one of my best friends, Amelia Goodman. She coaches over at Duke now, and my other best friend, Terry Corsdale, she plays for Duke too. Um, so I think, you know, they can end up 
playing each other um, on the 27th, I think the day after uh, we play, you know, our last game of the regular season. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely try to make it to that game. Aaliyah is such a good kid. We had her on this show when she was playing. Now she's coaching at Duke. I mean, that's a big-time program. That's, that's big basketball out there. Uh, you want to coach later? Or do you feel like coaching's in your future someday? Oh, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't rule it out, but um, definitely I, I, don't, I don't really plan on, on coaching. Um, I, I feel like a lot of people tell me though that they can see me as a coach, and I definitely enjoy, um, you know, helping uh, – Helping and teaching parts of the game, so uh, I definitely won't rule it out, but yeah. definitely wouldn't say I'm planning for it either. Yeah, there you go. Uh, all right, uh, you got Washington on Friday. The weather's going to be uh, maybe wet, maybe a little windy. You like it that way? Uh, honestly, doesn't really doesn't really matter. Uh, when Coach Smith first got here, I can remember some of the practices we used to practice in, just like pouring down rain, uh, just right there outside. To own the weather, and uh, it's just something that we kind of got used to a long time ago. So, you know, whatever it is, uh, you still got to show up and play ball. I like that. Uh, you guys seem to take it personally when you play a good passing team. You played USC. You, you guys played very well as a secondary. You're getting Michael Penix Jr., Washington's receivers. Uh, you know, they have uh, given some people problems this season. What do you see on film? Uh, I think we touched on it a little bit, you know, last week. Obviously, um, you know, when you have a team that throws the ball that many times, I um, mean, with all those playmakers around, uh, you just see, uh, you know, that guy Penix putting it all over the putting it all over the the field. You know, you can make all the throws, the deep throws, you know, throws from the hash all the way across the field, and um, you know, they have some dynamic receivers as well. Who, you know, good at route running and then also good with the ball in their hands. And then also a solid running back as well. So um, it's definitely one of those games that uh, we're looking forward to, especially when you look at, you know, how successful they've been in terms of um, the Pac-12 and you not know, just the Pac-12 of the country. So um, this is one of the best offenses in the country, and uh, these are the games that you live for. You're getting an opportunity to kind of, you know, it's this is not like Carl Malone doing a farewell tour, but you're, you've are you been around this conference for a while, and you're getting a chance to play in some places for the last time. Is are you nostalgic when you go into the stadium? Do you look? Do you take a moment, look around, go, okay, I played in this stadium? Because someday you're going to come back, you're going to have a bunch of kids, and you're going to say, you know, I played here and I played there. Like, you know, does that that stuff matter to you, or are you aware of it now? Yeah, that, that stuff is, is definitely, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely really aware of stuff like that. And I think um, you know, at some point, you know, I made the decision to come back last year. At some point, you know, right beginning of off-season workouts, I, it kind of clicked for me. Like, you know, man, I'm just thankful and I'm grateful to be back. So, you yeah. know, I've tried not to take any moment for granted. Uh, you know, practices, games, anything like that. And obviously, just uh, the ability to play, you know, in front of such a big crowd. You know, in, in the college football atmosphere, anywhere, it's such a blessing to be able to do it. You know, for as many times as I've done, it's, it's really just. Like I said, a blessing. So, yeah, I'll definitely soak it in. And, you know, Husky Stadium or, or Washington Stadium is, is one of, um, you know, the great atmospheres out there. I actually really like that stadium. I think the, the whole, you know, sail game thing is pretty cool. So it'll be cool to um, be in a hostile environment like that. I'll tell you, one of my memories of an Oregon State-Washington game was just a few years ago at your place. And Washington was really good at the time. And they were dominating you guys. And, I saw Jaden Grant intercept a pass. I think did you have a pick six in that game? Yeah, I did. I did. I remember that. I what year was that for you? 
Yeah. It was that a big... was uh, that was 2019. Yeah. Yeah, my my third or fourth year. It was a big play. I remember that, and uh, I remember my phone blew up because your church pastor texted me and said, "Look at Jaden, you know, out out there making <laughs> plays." And so, I think it was yeah. just it was just special to see that and and see you do that. Yeah, that was that was definitely a cool moment for me. It was it was actually funny because I'd seen my boy Elijah Moden actually. He got to pick a couple possessions before. Yeah, and you know, this is the first time that we were playing each other both, you know, on the field. And so, um, you know, we were talking that week, and I was like, dang, I got to do something. And then <laughs> ended up getting the <laughs> pick six ladies, so that was cool. Jaden Grant with us, Oregon State team captain. All right, so uh, what movie do you like to watch maybe more than others or maybe a movie you see and you, you're, you're flipping around and you go, okay, I got to stop and watch this. What's that movie in your mind? Ooh, I mean, there's something. I, I've been thinking about this for a minute. Um. There's, there's so many different movies that, you know, I feel like different time periods of my life um, hold meaning to me. I, I would say one of the big ones when I, would got, when I was in college, when I first got to college, uh, was Creed. Um, for any for some reason, you know, uh, whenever I needed some you know, motivation or anything, kind of going through some, some tough times and needed some motivation, I, I would always watch Creed. And uh, it always get me going, get me motivated. Creed, what do you like about that? What do you like about that movie? Uh, I just like just like the you know the adversity the kind of underdog came came out of nowhere, and then you know just took the took the loss at first and then came back trained, came back all the way and then won you know wins in the end. So uh, I just like the story, you know. Yeah. Do you, do you have you watched the original Rocky like Rocky one? Yeah, I, I watched a, a bunch of those. Um, I used to watch all types of movies with my dad growing up. Yeah, I I I lost interest like around Rocky four or five, but I got it back for Creed. You're right because it's a good story because it's it's uh you know Apollo Creed's you know Donnie Creed is that that's his that's his dad right Apollo Creed is is Donnie's dad. Yeah, Apollo Creed Apollo Creed's his dad. Yeah, but I don't think he never he never got the chance to meet him. That's right because he, um, he died he in the died, ring. You know, with the, yeah, with Rocky. Yeah, Ivan Drago got him. Yeah, see, I know my, I know my, I know my Rocky movies. Hey, it's been called to my attention by our researcher Nick, who says you have multiple touchdowns against Washington. That is very unusual. You scored twice against them. <laughs> yeah, I actually have. I scored. Uh, yeah, the 2019 pick six, and then the 2020 was a wild, uh, wild uh, punt return play where they kind of was a high snap. The ball was everywhere. Big scramble for the ball, but ended up picking it up. For the touchdown, I really should have gave a touchdown to my boy Shervon Bradford. Uh, there's a clip of him coming all the way from the punt returner and sprinting all the way down. And right before I picked up the ball, he made a huge block on his doing, which really allowed him right. to score. So when you score on Friday night, it's it's a hat trick, all right. So I want to see you tip the cap <laughs> to the other sideline when you do that. <laughs> Man, that would be lovely, but all I care about Friday night is just leaving Seattle victorious. All right. All right, Jaden, I appreciate you uh, making our show part of your season uh, every week, and good luck to you. I will see you at the stadium on Friday night. Thank you, John. I appreciate it, as always. All right. There he is, his movie, Creed. Uh, yes, uh, that will be the answer. If you're listening now, see, I said yesterday you have an advantage. If you're listening now, later in the show, I will ask the question, what is Jaden Grant's movie? What's his go-to movie? And you know the answer. It's Creed.
Okay. Leave it here. Our big splash coming up later in the program. Bruce Barnum, Portland State football coach. whole bunch of things to talk about. we got to get to so much today, so it's going to be fast-moving. Leave it here. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. I like the music. I like it. We had Bill Walton on the show yesterday. Bill Walton also did a podcast interview uh, with uh, Wilner and I, uh, the Konzano and Wilner podcast. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud or wherever you find it. Make sure you subscribe to that as well as the Bald Face Truth Radio Show podcast. Um, it wasn't the normal Bill Walton hyperbole riding his bicycle in the majestic skies through the Willamette Valley and, you know, all of Bill Walton. It wasn't that normal. That, it wasn't that Bill Walton on uh, on the uh, on the interview or the podcast. And I think it's really important for people to note that. This was a different Bill Walton. This was Bill Walton very measured, uh, very, um, very tuned in to uh, what he believes is an important cause. He's not happy about UCLA. Um, I had some people who said, you know, because I had teased uh, on, what was it, Tuesday night, no, Monday night, I had teased, hey, I've got something. I knew I had the letter from Bill Walton. Um, we had an agreement that I would not publish the letter till the following day at noon. Uh, but I had the letter that Bill Walton wrote. He read it on yesterday's show. And um, I, uh, I knew that I had that letter, and I knew that uh, it was interesting to people because I read it. And he was blasting UCLA, and he was saying, I'm not happy with this, I'm not okay with this, why are we looking for the answer in the Midwest? This was a very different Bill Walton. And I think people might have missed it. I think if you haven't heard the Bill Walton interview, if you didn't hear the interview on yesterday's show, grab the podcast. If you didn't hear the interview that he did with Wilner and I on the Kanzano and Wilner podcast, get that one too, because it's a, little di it's a different interview. It, we're both peppering him. And it's a very serious Bill Walton. It's just a different Bill Walton than I've ever heard. He was still great, but it's uh, it was different. And I had somebody who reached out to me and said, hey, um, I normally don't listen to podcasts. I much prefer to read your columns, but I think you need to hype that Walton podcast a little more. He has this reputation of you know hyperbole, which is absent in that interview. And I think if uh, you haven't listened to it, um, it's not what you would normally expect from Bill Walton. And, you know, so if you haven't grabbed that podcast, give it a listen uh, on your way home, whenever, you know, over your weekend. Just give it, give it your ear for a second. Tell me I'm wrong after you do that. Because I think it's uh, super interesting to hear a guy talk in those terms about, um, you know, his his beliefs on uh, on UCLA potentially going to the Big Ten Conference. And we're going to find out um, here coming up on uh, November 15th to the 17th, they're going to make a decision on UCLA. I don't know what the regents are going to do. My hunch is that the regents are going to penalize UCLA. I also probably believe that UCLA is going to go anyway to the Big Ten. I don't think this is going to stop them because I think they have made some commitments. But 
I, I'm really interested to see what happens. And I think Bill Walton speaking out is a much different, um, has a different impact than anybody else speaking out. Like, you know, that, that big pile of money that Walton talked about on yesterday's show. All they would have had to do is float this in the newspaper, and they would have understood and realized immediately that nobody was interested in this. Nobody except an accountant and somebody who saw a big pile of money from whatever source and where it's coming from, but always beware. You the choices and decisions that we make in our lives. You know, somebody comes and offers you a big pile of cash, you know, ask them where they got it. What, where they got it and what they want you to do for it. Uh, Bill Walton was great on yesterday's show. Grab the podcast of that and check out the Konzano and Wilner podcast. If you if you loved yesterday's interview and you heard it, grab the Konzano and Wilner podcast. It's a different interview because it's John Wilner and myself both kind of alternating questions. And I told Wilner before the interview, I said, hey, listen, we might only get like two questions in. So ask your good ones early because we don't know. Like the normal Bill Walton where he starts to wax about things, you know, that guy didn't show up on the interview yesterday. Somebody else did, and uh, a more serious, more focused Bill Walton showed in. So keep an eye on that. It brings us to our big splash. It's the one thing you need to know. This is the one thing you absolutely need to know today. Look, look, look at it. Where? Down there. The big splash. Well, let's turn the focus to Gonzaga. Pete Thamel, ESPN, reporting that Gonzaga's athletic director met in person with the Big 12 Conference Commissioner last week as part of a broader broader discussion about Gonzaga potentially joining the Big 12 Conference. The discussions are part of the possibility that they would leave the West Coast Conference for a power conference. I'm skeptical that Gonzaga will do it, actually. I think they are probably posturing, exploring, looking, wanting to talk to some and others. It's evident that Gonzaga wants to be with the haves. They have a great brand. They win in basketball. But let's face it, in the WCC, the West Coast Conference, they have an inherent advantage. They they get themselves through the conference play uh, virtually unchecked. They get to the conference championship game. They enjoy a double bye as a conference regular season champion. I mentioned earlier there's only three conferences in the country that give a double bye to the regular season champ. The WCC is one of them. The other two are the WAC and the Southland Conference. So uh, Gonzaga's got some uh, some advantages, you know. And, and uh, you know, the Zags were in the Dallas area anyway. They were playing Tennessee in that scrimmage that was pay-per-view. Remember that? We talked with Mark Few about it. So they were there anyway. I don't blame Brett Yormark for talking to the Gonzaga AD. I just find it's interesting that this is getting leaked out. Few comes on our show. What does he do? He tells America, hey, Gonzaga's looking around. You know, the landscape is changing. You, you heard his comments. For us, we just need to look and, and kind of make a really solid, prudent uh, uh, decision and also look at so far what we've been doing has been working uh, pretty good also, but the yeah. landscape is changing, and we're very aware of that. There you go. We're very aware of that, Mark Few. Uh, you know, so I think they, they, it's part of their diligence. They're exploring options. They are one of the premier basketball programs in the country. Pac-12, Big East, SEC, Big 12 have all expressed interest. But if you're Gonzaga and you want to continue to be Gonzaga, I only I think you have to be in the WCC to do that. 
I don't know. If you go to the Pac-12, I don't know that you're going to win the regular season championship every year. I don't know you're going to get – maybe you get banged up throughout the season. Maybe you get beat in the conference tournament game, and instead of being a one seed, you end up as a, a three seed or a four seed. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Daniel O'Neill, senior writer for the Athletic uh, College Basketball Guy, he he tweeted out a quote tweet of the Pete Thamel uh, article and said, an industry source confirms that this report and says that the conversations are real but exploratory – there's no timeline that other leagues also have also reached out to Gonzaga, but the indicators are the Zags would go for all sports, not just hoops. Yeah, there you go. So all sports, maybe they're exploring, maybe they're just trying to see what kind of money is out there. I talked to Gloria Navarez, the WCC commissioner, after Mark Few did the interview with me, and I asked her what she thought. She um, sort of, sort of framed it as. They've been talking to people for a long time. She didn't seem like imminently concerned, but she also, what's she going to do? I, I think in that scenario, I think she answered the question or, you know, answered it uh, best she could. In fact, I think we should probably try to get her on the show. Maybe I'll get her on the show tomorrow and we'll, we'll get, you know, her viewpoint on what does Gonzaga mean to her conference and to, you know, do they mean, does it, do they mean more to the WCC than they'd mean to anybody else? I think that's part of the, conversation because there's a possibility guys where do you think where do you think they belong like let, let's say you are in charge of Gonzaga basketball and because that's what matters they, they may take all sports but basketball matters if you put them in the big 12 are they better off you put them in the pac 12 are they better off what do you guys think um I think that they're better off that's a tough one I I think that they're better off in either the big the pac 12 or the big 12 the WCC I think I don't know, actually, John. I'm trying to think about this logically on the spot, but yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough one because the WCC has such a good uh, reputation for them. Like, they, like you said, they want them to get to the the NCAA tournament every year, and they're going to help them out as much as they possibly can. Where these other schools aren't, but I think if you're Gonzaga and you want to stay relevant, you probably got to leave, right? I mean, they they get choice tournament bids every year anyway, right? And they don't have to go through, uh, you know, a brutal, you know, Pac-12 or or different conference schedule. I don't know. I think the WCC is the place to be. I, I'd want to know what the money is, though. Like, if, if the Big 12, Pac-12, SEC, or Big East are offering imminently more money, then you got to listen if you're Gonzaga. You owe it to the program. But, again, there's a problem with geography here that is natural that you want to avoid. Leave it here. B-F-F-T. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the bald-faced truth. The landscape is a-changing. No kidding, Mark Few. Pass the beer, pass the beer nuts, man. That's what I think. Four o'clock hour. It's not quite the happy hour, but we uh, we have fun in the four o'clock hour. Uh, coming up, we'll give away some tickets, possibly later this hour. I think we'll do it later this hour instead of the five o'clock hour. And if you have the answer, you know what I'm talking about. That's all I'm going to say. Don't call now. I'll tell you when to call. We'll play Punch It Audio. Anna will join the show. Had a few people reach out to me and say, where's Anna been? Where's Anna been? She's been busy, Okay. Got kids over here. Bunch of, bunch of kids. Kids are busy. Activities. Eight-year-old running around in overalls today. Did you guys wear overalls when you were in elementary school ever? 
Mm, I don't know if it was elementary school, but like I remember like preschool and kindergarten, yeah. Preschool? You had some overalls on in preschool and kindergarten? Yeah. I can't remember anything hardly. I have like one memory of preschool. Maybe. I don't know. Allegedly. You know? What is your earliest memory? Do you guys have the earliest childhood memory that you can lean on? And you go, okay, this is the first thing I ever remember. Peter, Stephen, what's your first memory? Yeah, I, it's fuzzy, obviously, but I'm two years old and I'm climbing on top of a stack of firewood out uh, out by near the garage, and I'm <laughs> getting burned at the stake. and I'm getting scolded. <laughs> get down, get down. That's yeah. that's all I can remember. Okay, I like that. That's a good one. Yeah, how about, um, how about you? Uh, I remember like in kindergarten, I had uh, a sweet Cleveland Browns backpack. I'm not even a Cleveland Browns fan, but it was this big giant shoe. With the okay. Cleveland Browns logo on it, I remember walking into school and it was like just, the backpack was about as big as I was, and I had such a hard time hanging it up on the little hanger, and I'll I'll never forget that moment. Like that's the one of the first earlier moments I know. Uh, okay, I I'll buy that. I, it's funny because I I think back, I can remember I have one memory of like I in my in my preschool, they had real gas station pumps on the playground. It, they were like old pumps. They had no gas in them. It's probably a hazard. Probably couldn't do it today, but somebody had set them up, and you could drive your tricycle uh, and pull up to the gas pump. That's that's one of my first memories, and uh, and and I don't have a lot of other memories. Be- and and it gets me thinking. Like I have, you know, the six year old and the eight year old. Are we wasting our time? Because kids aren't don't remember. Do, is is it? Is it? Do you have to be a great parent when they're little? Is what I'm saying, or will they not remember any of it? I think that I don't know that they'll remember specific things, but they'll remember that you're not a great parent. <laughs> it gets imprinted, man. Yeah. You didn't feed them. Yeah, you didn't like, clothe them. They're like, I just don't like this guy. I don't. I don't know what it is about him, but I don't like him. That's so funny. Uh, all right, so uh, there it is. Uh, if you if you are if you are a uh, a parent. I, I've often wondered, because I'll, I'll say to the 8-year-old, hey, do you remember when we took you to this game, you did this, and I have a fond memory of it, and she looks at me blankly like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, okay, Oregon, we're going to talk uh, and hear uh, some sound from Dan Lanning, the Oregon coach. What did he say? What did he say about this weekend's game? Christian Gonzalez facing his former team, Colorado. Yogi Roth of the Pac-12 Networks. Heather Dinich of ESPN. Uh, talking about uh, why Georgia has to win to make the playoff. If Georgia loses to Tennessee, uh, are they out of the playoff? Plus Trent Bray, the Oregon State D coordinator, and uh, a little bit of Charles Barkley and some Bo Nix. All of that part of Punch It Audio. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Fish Truth Headquarters. Hey, we're all about truth, justice, and the American way here, okay? Which is why we've spanned the globe and pulled the top audio cuts of the day. You're going to hear little snippets of sound. Hey, it's time for Punch It Audio, presented by First Call Heating and Cooling. Let's start with Dan Lanning. Oregon is a huge favorite at Colorado. Is it 31? that right, Stephen? 31, yeah. 31-point favorite on the road. Biggest number of the season in the Pac-12 for a conference team. Dan Landing, Oregon coach. Punch it. You know, our focus is us going out there to play the best of our ability, right? Every opponent we play every single Saturday has the ability to beat us, right? And this game's no different. We have to go play our best. Got to play their best for a number of reasons. Look, I think it's important to play your best because you have some personal pride. 
it's important to play your best because the selection committee's watching and the the poll, the people with the AP poll are watching. Okay, that's cool. Important to play your best because you can get beat on any given Saturday. I would normally say that, but I think Oregon is light years better than Colorado. Oregon has depth. Oregon has a good offensive line. They have depth at running back. They've got receivers. They've got Bo Nix. Oregon's not perfect on defense, but they're pretty good on defense. I think Oregon could play a, a bad game and probably still win. Yogi Roth, Pac-12 Network analyst. He looked at Oregon number eight in the initial college football playoff rankings. He says, hey, it could happen. Here's Yogi. Punch it. By far, you could look at Tennessee, Ohio State. You could look at any of the teams that are ranked higher than Oregon now. Their path is dramatically more challenging than everybody else's. Yeah. So with that, they're going to need a little help because of the narrative and what they put on the field in week one. But there's a chance for that to happen. Chance. It could happen, says Yogi Ra. Oregon's path is complicated. It's. I think it's a tougher path than USC. USC lost at Rice-Eccles Stadium by, you know, a point. On the road, tough place to play. Selection committee would forgive that if USC runs the table and beats Oregon or whoever else in Vegas. 12-1 USC, stronger resume than 12-1 Oregon. That loss to Georgia, tough to erase. And look, I'm going to cross the street here, okay? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to walk across the street because on one side of the street, I, I want to say, look, um, the best thing is to make the playoff and see where you stand if you're Oregon. I get it. I don't blame you if you're on that side of the street. Get to the playoff, stick your nose in there, see where you are as a program. You, you know, that's fine if you're on that side of the street. But let me walk across the street for a second, looking both ways. And if I get across the street to the other side... There's a group of people on the other side of the street who are saying the best case scenario for Oregon is to go 12-1, and one, be 5th or 6th in the playoff final rankings, go to the Rose Bowl, go to the parade, have the pageantry, beat Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, very beatable Michigan team, in the Rose Bowl, and go, hey, 13-1, final poll, rank 5th. Uh, great season for season number one for Dan Lanning. And I'm okay being on that side of the street, too. I'm not flip-flopping. I'm just saying that's not a bad place to be at the end of the season. Trent Bray, Oregon State D coordinator. How could the weather affect Washington's offense? Here's Bray punching. Uh, ball has a chance to come out. And so, you know, when the ball carries there, making sure we're hunting the football. Um, other than that, you know, it, it, how it affects us isn't very big. Now, how it affects the offense, we can't control that, but we got to be able to take the ball away when they give us a chance. Weather in Seattle on Friday is supposed to be ugly. Let me just look at the uh, forecast. I'm looking at the, you know, the seven-day, the three-day forecast, whatever the forecast is. I really just want to see what's going on Saturday. But you look at Friday, excuse me, you're talking about, Temperatures in the 40s at kickoff. Winds expected around 15 to 18 miles an hour in the evening. Occasional rain showers. Um, about a uh, 50 to 70% chance of rain. But the wind is a bigger factor. And passing teams will tell you that. That wind is 
more problematic for passing teams than than rain. Keep an eye on that. Big advantage for Oregon State. And Oregon State has played Washington almost even in the last seven to ten years. Just about punch for punch. Heather Dinich, ESPN college football writer, called Saturday's Georgia game against Tennessee a must-win for the Bulldogs. Here's Dinich. Punch it. Aside from that win against Oregon, Georgia's opponents are a combined 22 and 26. So, Alyssa, as we look forward to this Tennessee-Georgia game on Saturday, Georgia has to win, in my mind, in order to have a chance at the college football playoff. Because if they don't, they are going to be clinging for dear life to that win against Oregon because none of the teams left on Georgia's schedule beyond Tennessee were ranked tonight in the CFP Top 25. I think she makes a valid point, but I also think there's a scenario in which Georgia could lose to Tennessee and still get to the SEC title game. So let's not rule that out. They could get another opportunity. But, you know, here's here's Georgia's season. It's Tennessee on Saturday. Huge. Must show up. It's their season. Number one in the AP poll, but not number one in the college football playoff poll. Kevin Durant says he was shocked when he found out his coach Steve Nash was fired. Punch. Hit. When did you find out? about Steve. How were you informed? About 1.15, I woke up from my nap and turned to the right and seen it on ESPN. And what were your, I mean, initial reaction? I mean, everybody knows what's what went on this summer, but what was your first thought when you saw that? Oh, uh, shocked. I mean, you're always shocked when a move like this happens, but it's normal in the NBA, you know? So it's about getting ready for the game tonight. So um, it's a quick turnaround always in the league, you know, especially during the season. Um, you know, you got practice games coming up, so you can't think too much about it. But, you know, um, it was on the mind for a little bit today. For, I mean, a guy of your stature, were you consulted at least beforehand? Even yeah. though you didn't know for a certainty. No, nah, I mean, you could come on. I mean, I'm a, let's be real. We're pros. We're veterans. You know, we had a tough start. It was a rocky year last year, rocky summer. Uh, we knew that everybody was being evaluated. That's just how it is in the league. Kevin Durant trying to say he didn't know. I doubt that. Steven, Peter, you believe that Kevin Durant didn't know? I was going to say he didn't sound too shocked to me. It was very, uh, very monotone, like, yeah, well, that was weird. I wasn't expecting that. I, I don't know. I don't I don't buy it at all. I think he knew. He wanted him out in the summertime. So, uh, again, Kevin, Kevin Durant got the win over the Nets. Charles Berkeley says Steve Nash is a scapegoat. Punch it. Just a bad look. And I, I, from, from a public perception, you let these players run this man off his job because they were acting like fools. The players, this is all on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons. This, Steve Nash is a scapegoat. And it's really unfortunate. I don't know if Steve Nash is red or back or whatever. This thing was never going to work when he mm. said... We don't need a coach. When they get, <laughs> it's not like we have a coach. Like we're all the coach. We're all the coach. Kyrie and so. And yeah. you know, I was watching these shows today. This team did pretty good in the playoffs, like three, four years ago. So nobody was talking about how bad of a coach Steve Nash was three or four years ago. All of a sudden, these guys started acting like fools and jackasses. And now, oh, Steve Nash can't coach. Like I say, I don't know if Steve Nash yeah. can coach, but I know three or four years ago he was winning playoff series. 
Charles Barkley spitting some truth there. Uh, I, I think it's going to be an unmitigated disaster for Ime Udoka, who is... Has he been announced as the coach yet, or is he just negotiating still? Uh, I don't think it's been officially announced yet. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of a lot of weird things happening because he was suspended by Boston. So, uh, yeah, not, not 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 announced yet, but it should be happening soon, apparently. Look, from what we've know, what we have figured out or know a bit, what's been reported about Ime Odoka, bringing him into this circus only underscores the idea that the Nets they don't have a compass. Like, this is not the coach that you bring in. You don't take the guy that Boston said isn't fit to be a coach and go, hey, we're going to put him into this environment. It will not work. Could it Could it take the distraction away from Kevin Durant and Kyrie no. Irving? It's going to, it's, it's, you know, it's putting lighter fluid on the barbecue. I agree. Watch what, watch what happens here. Phillies and Astros, game four coming up uh, tonight. Phillies lead two games to one. Here's how they did it. Kyle Schwarber, punch it. Se passe assez facilement puisque ça se déroule dans deux sites, que ce soit la Floride, non. Floride du Sud. Mais non, mais non, mais non, mais Et non. Messi, Messi. Il ne s'appelle pas Lionel. Il s'appelle Kyle. C'est un no-doubter. Omron Phillies. <laughs> La 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 la, ça fait cher aujourd'hui pour euh, pour Miraculous. Mais de sa part, c'est pas étonnant, hein. Et c'est donc Miraculous. Phillies. Schwarber in the Phillies. They won Game Three. Shut out the Astros. Game Four tonight in Philadelphia in the World Series. I like the Phillies to win this series. Only because I don't like the Astros. Sorry, Astros. I just don't. Leave it here. Anna's going to pop into the studio. Uh, and, yes, if you uh, want some Phil Knight Invitational tickets, I've decided it'll be this hour. So it'll be a little later this hour. Just stay tuned if you have the correct answer. If you don't have the correct answer, well, um, you should have been listening in the 3 o'clock hour. Uh, maybe you can stay tuned and uh, maybe the, uh, the person will fumble and fumble and you'll figure it out. That's all I can say. Leave it here. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Anna's mother is visiting. Mother-in-law in in town. Anna's in the studio. And uh, earlier today, uh, I was driving by my house do you guys like steven have you are you ever driving and you run into your wife on the road like you see her go in the opposite direction or something i definitely have uh when i was driving uber and lyft i actually saw her when i was driving around my kids were there they were just going crazy and i had a person <laughs> in the front seat with me and it was uh it was a little weird but yeah i've definitely had, had that who's that person riding around and who are that? these crazy people that are waving at you <laughs> okay I so I, I saw anna today and uh, we're going opposite directions. We're in our neighborhood. She slows down. She rolls her window down. And she's like, I got to get home. I got a crab in the back of the car. <laughs> she had a live crab in the back of the car. What is going on with the live crab? Well, I asked my mom. I said, you know, she's 80. She just turned 80. Like, especially in, you know, Taiwanese culture, 80 is a big one. Like, there's just a, a lot. So I'm like, hey, what can I do for you that would be special? And she's like, you know, 
I haven't had Dungeness crab in a while. And, like, I've tried to buy it for her before, and she kind of turns her nose down at regular Dungeness crab, the kind that you get in a grocery store mm. or even a normal fish market. Yeah. Because it's dead. She likes it real fresh. And so short of going out to the Oregon coast and setting out a crab net, uh, the next best thing I can do is hit up this place on Powell Boulevard in southeast Portland. And this place is like a live aquarium seafood store. <laughs> Uh-oh. So you walk in. I, I took video today of it because I don't think most people know this place exists. It's tiny. But you walk in, and there's just huge tanks full of live seafood everywhere. There's lobster. There's fish. There's crab. And uh, this is where she prefers to dine from. So I told the guy, I was like, listen, I've got a mom who just turned 80. I really want to get her something special here. And so help me pick out a really nice live Dungeness crab. So he picked out this sucker that, I mean, it was like giant. It's the largest Dungeness crab I've ever seen. I don't know what this thing ate in its lifetime along the Oregon coast, but that's what I brought home. I kind of forgot that it was still alive in the back of my car as I was driving, and it was in a paper bag. So as I was on the freeway, I started to hear, like, the crinkle, crinkle of the paper bag. Uh -oh. And I realized, like, wait, I didn't check to see how secure it really was in the back of my car. Yeah. So I had these images of this thing crawling out of the bag and, you know, worming its way around my car while I'm driving. I'm trying to think of, like, a contingency plan if I have a live crab crawling around my car on the freeway. Like, so <laughs> this crab is alive. Yeah. Yeah. Like when they give me an idea, you go and you point at it in the tank and they say, you say that one? Yeah. Or how does that work? Yeah. Well, in this case, the guy helped me pick it out because he's yeah. like, well, let me get you a good one for your for your aging mother. You know, she's 80. I don't know how many more like live Dungeness crabs she's going to get to eat in her lifetime. But let's just say my okay. daughter. Let's go back. Let's fulfilled. let's go back to the guy in the tank. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to ask you about the guy in the tank. And you keep. Fast forwarding to the end of the story, I you go back into the place. You tell the guy, "Hey, I want that crab." Does he like? How does he pull the crab out? He and has these giant tongs that are like three feet long, because you know, he doesn't want to get pinched by this thing. And uh, he reaches into this tank. I, there must have been like. Are they? Do, are they? Do they have their their claws? banded or yeah, are they, they actually, out yeah i take that back because i think the claw the big claws you know the 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 pinchy ones yeah are banded so i i don't know what risk he really takes in you know Look. In grabbing that thing out of the tank but um but yeah the, i mean the thing is very lively and he sticks it in a paper bag sticks the paper bag in a plastic bag any part of you as you're doing this process that feels guilty like because guilty. like because you know you're basically going it's that one's turn to die and you're pointing at the, you know what I mean? Yeah, no. Like, or do you all, do you see it as, because I grew up, you know, with, we had pigs, we had lambs, yeah. we had steer. Yeah. I don't have that. Other people, though, have told me, how did you eat your pet? Yeah. And I'm like, well, we didn't view it as a pet. Right. We, you know, was there, what other, what other kind of uh, animals did they have in this, in this market? 
There was, uh, there were lobsters, there were Maine lobsters, and uh, there were fish, and there were sea snails, and there were this is other kinds wild. of crustaceans that I, I, I don't quite know how to identify. There was shrimp. Does that, is there any part of that where you go, is this, like, is this regulated? Like, do you well, feel like it's clean and it's, this is all safe to eat? <laughs> I'm trying to be as nice as possible here. But is this like the wet market? That's, in, I didn't in, say that. In, uh, I didn't say that. Wuhan? This is Wuhan? Yeah, this is where the next coronavirus is coming from. Were you masked? <laughs> well, you know, all the employees were masked. Uh -huh. um, no, I mean, I, this thing, <laughs> this place uh, on Powell has been oh, – I asked Julie, asked him today, because this is where we've always bought our live seafood. Like back when I was a little girl, I remember going in there with my mom. And I asked him today, I said, how long have you been open? And he's like, we've been open for 30 years. So that wow. thought crossed my mind. I did think about that whole wet market thing. I wonder if their business got hurt, then, hit after that. I don't know. Probably. But they've made it. That's why I said. I told him, well, you made it through the pandemic, and um, here you are serving your live seafood. Okay, so you have this crab. Uh, <laughs> how big is this crab? What does it weight? Do they weigh it? Do they go it's six pounds, five pounds? What's, do they, they have weight? They did weigh it. I didn't see how much it weighed today i think i don't know okay it was a lot so you have it in the back of the car it's yeah. crinkling around yeah it was crinkling that's what kind of creeped me out because i was like hold on i didn't really look to see if like <laughs> you know he rubber banded the pinchers and like i didn't that could be a horror movie i didn't like secure the bag that you know, like i didn't tie a knot at the top of the bag so there were all these like crazy thoughts in my head as i was driving home. they should make a horror movie like that all of a sudden the claw comes up <laughs> over your shoulder no longer you driving the car <laughs> You know, the door opens, <laughs> crab gets out on the freeway, Yeah, excuses well, itself. I ima what I imagined was the crab getting out, crawling around my car, and me, like, swerving over, you know, across three <laughs> lanes of traffic, and then having to explain to a police officer, like, what, why my erratic driving, you know, was happening. Okay, so I came into the house right before the radio show, and your mom's in the kitchen. She's got a pot of scalding water. She has a giant crab boiling. She looked as happy as I've ever seen her. I <laughs> and I found it interesting, okay, that she sat down and kind of dined on a crab herself. Yeah. By herself. Like, she just sat and ate the crab. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there was no... That was her lunch. Yeah. Well, she offered. She offered to share it with the rest of us. I was like, no, Mom. That's okay. That was her crab. It's your crab. Yeah. But I think it was very... She was very happy. I, I think there's some culture going on there, too, because it feels like, you know... You think? Yeah. She's having you get this crab... Is this is there Asian culture here where like you are her daughter and if you get this crab for her you love her like that proves your love to her probably you know what I mean yeah probably because there's this thing with elders oh, and children yeah. in the Asian culture that is different than the Italian culture that I grew up in you think yeah it's different really yeah because it's almost inverse because I find that like like when your mom like when we got married mm -hmm. your mom had this expectation she was gonna live with us <laughs> she's married. <laughs> She has a husband. I know. I'm like, you have a place to live. <laughs> and then she's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it, you know. But that, you know, but that is normal. It kind of in Asian culture, parents, yeah. a lot of parents live with their kids. Well, right. And so just the whole kind of respecting your elders and kids do a lot for their elderly parents. You know, that that is that is a big part of the culture. Can we go live with our kids one day? And I, can I just claim Asian culture and be I like, hey, you know what? You know, I don't know if I want to. Like I, you know, Bur you don't want to burden them. They have their own lives. I want to be the grandparent that comes in, spoils the grandkids, and then takes off. All right, uh, crab. 
yeah. in your car. Did it make you want to buy another crab? Go back and get some sea snails, some slugs, whatever. They, you know what they had were um, like wild caught uh, oysters. So I, I did get some of those too. What's the difference between like wild caught and farm raised oysters? Like what? Well. I mean, they're just partying more, or what is what is this? <laughs> they were at a rave <laughs> shortly before they were they were collected. They were collected. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, you know, it depends on what you believe. But like farm raised, like you know, there's actual like oyster farms in the bays along the Oregon coast where they raise these oysters. Um, some people think that wild caught is really just kind of a funny way to put that. You know, they're still kind of farm-raised, but mm. they have a little more freedom kind of thing. They're more in the ocean. I don't know. It's a fair race. Like, they, they gave them a head start on the beach. <laughs> they said, you know what I mean? All right, you get a head start. And then they For waited, an and the yeah. oyster moved about a centimeter. Got you. And then, and then they took a step and scooped it up. Hey, you had your shot to get away. Yeah. I don't know. There's probably <laughs> That's probably more like a marketing thing that I yeah. That I, uh, I'm a sucker for. So. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. I think it's great. I think it proves you love your mom. Yeah. She's 80. So you got her a giant crab for her birthday. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Uh, I want you, if you were listening in the early part of the show, Jaden Grant, Oregon State team captain, came on. I asked him what his go-to favorite movie was. Do you have the answer? I'm going to give away a pair of tickets to the Phil Knight Invitational Basketball Tournament on Thanksgiving weekend to somebody with the correct answer at 503-417-7575. Line up now. Back to the Bald Face Truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. So Anna is now. Uh, what are you doing? You're posting the. Are you posting the pictures on your uh, on the gram, or what are you doing? The pictures of your mom with that giant. The crab is huge. It's larger than her head. Yes, I'm. I took some video because I was so curious about this place. I hadn't been there in a long time, and I'm putting it on my Instagram. Have I been to this place? No, you have not. I need to go. Yeah. Do I need a passport to get in you there? So long. Do I need a passport? Or we have to get over there? It is like going into another country. It does feel like that. Okay. All right, so uh, we uh, where are you posting so people can find them? Uh, I'm on Instagram, Anna Canzano. Okay, so uh, earlier in the show, I asked Jaden Grant, Oregon State team captain, what his go-to movie was. He answered it. I got a pair of tickets for the PK Invitational, PK Classic Basketball Tournament Thanksgiving weekend in Portland, uh, and uh, I'm going to give them away to a caller who was paying attention. Anna before I do that, what is your go-to movie? If you're flipping around, that you look at and go, "Oh, I gotta stop and watch for a minute." Oh man. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Goodwill Hunting is up there. Um, there's a lot. Do you see Goodwill Hunting a lot? It's not a movie I see a lot. No, on. it doesn't come across the. I like but that. We movie, also though. don't like, you know, the way that we watch TV now. 
it's not like we flip through channels a lot. Okay, right? if you are okay, so what is that movie that if it was on, you would have to stop and watch it? What is that movie? What comes to mind right uh, now? Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. I'd stop. Really? I would. Yeah, I, I love that movie. That you? Why do you? What do you like about Forrest Gump? Uh, it's just the whole package. It's funny. It's heartwarming. It's charming. Surprising movie. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's a good story. Uh, yep. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. How about that? And the characters are, aren't too bad either. Tom Hanks did a, did a really good job in that movie. So did Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. Uh, Steven, what's your go-to movie? Movie you have to stop. Uh, so yesterday I said Vegas Vacation was the one that I go to. And for some reason mm -hmm. I just find it hilarious. And when it, it's always on during the summertime. And I feel like... I see it when I'm about to go to Vegas, so maybe that has to do with it as well. But I, I just love Vegas so much. Peter, do you have a go-to like that? I, I do. It's only, it's certainly not going to be on broadcast TV, but if it's ever on HBO or something, Boogie Nights, without a doubt. One of the best <laughs> movies ever. Yeah, you're not sitting around, the kids w watching that one. Yeah, that one's not on Disney+. <laughs> Plus. <laughs> Uh, let's go to the phone lines. Uh, I'm just uh, taking Brent in Vancouver. And uh, Brent, I don't want you to answer yet. I want to know where you were, what you were doing when you heard the Jaden Grant interview. Was having lunch. Where were you? Where were you eating, and what what were you eating for lunch? What was for lunch today? I'm fascinated by this. Uh, you're not going to like this, but just a protein bar. <laughs> you got to take care of yourself. <laughs> I know. You, are you working? Are you on the go? I'm working. What do you do for not work? Not really on the go. Not really on the go, but I work for uh, city government. Okay. All right, so you're fighting a good fight out there, and uh, you need to you need to do better than a protein bar. Anna, can you mother him a little bit? Give him a. Give him... I I don't know what else he's eating in the course of his day. I mean, maybe maybe that was part of was was having a protein bar part of your plan, or is this all that your government job allowed you the time to eat today? Mm, good question. No, they allow me time to eat, but that I came prepared with a protein bar, so it's my backup. Okay, all right, there you go. How about his back? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a place, you know, yeah. on Powell Boulevard, right Taking around the... Uh, years, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if, if you had been trapped in the car, Anna, uh -huh. yeah. it, let's say a snowstorm hit, and you're yeah. coming home with the crab. Oh, I would have eaten that. Do you eat it live? Yeah. Like, to survive. Absolutely. You just say, I'm sorry. And Sashimi. You, just, you have it live. Oh, that's disgusting. All right. When we talked about bear attacks, how do you attack a crab? <laughs> I think you look it in the eye. Forcefully. You back away slowly. Yeah. You make no sudden movements. All right, Brett and Van Brett and Vancouver. Uh, we I got a pair of tickets to the PK Invitational. If you can correctly tell us what movie Jaden Grant said is his go-to movie. Creed. Creed is correct. Nicely. <laughs> Creed is correct. You're getting more than a protein bar out of this radio show. How about that? That's great. My, my go-to movie is Rocky, so how perfect is Creed? There you go. So you, so you're on. We're you're listening on your lunch hour and eating your protein bar, and Jane Grant comes on, and you happen to hear this, and uh, I, you know, there it is. It's it's just uh, the the universe lines up sometimes. Uh, who are you taking to the game with you? Well, I'm gonna have to ask my wife, but she'll probably decline, and I'll take my 80-year-old dad. Oh, I love it. See, there you go. That's a win. All right, Brent in Vancouver, I'm going to put you on hold. Uh, our producer will get to you. For those of you who didn't win, uh, we'll do this more. I'm going to do this again tomorrow, uh, and we'll do it again on Friday. 
I have more tickets to give away. I appreciate that you're here and that you're listening to the show. He's going to take his dad. He's also 80. Yeah. How about about that? that? Oh, my gosh. Oh, Stop we're it. We're becoming that Our couple. Our kids would be like, jinx, jinx. Yeah, yeah we're becoming that couple. Uh, Mark Few, Gonzaga coach, came on this show and talked about Gonzaga potentially to the Pac-12 or other places. So no surprise today, Anna, when the news broke that that uh, Gonzaga's athletic director apparently met with the Big 12 Conference. Now, they were in Texas already. They were playing Tennessee in that pay-per-view game last Friday. So this wasn't like a special trip to go talk to the Big 12. But why does Gonzaga want everyone to know that they're out here and looking? Like, why are they poking around? Um, I mean, isn't that kind of a negotiating ploy? Because it's basically like, hey, not not necessarily we're open for business, but, yeah, we're kind of open for business. Like, yeah. hey, let's have some chats. Yeah, it feels like they just want to talk to everybody right now. They're speed dating. Do you think that's really a, a good strategic move for them? Because they've had so much success in the WCC. I, I, I'm going to get Gloria Navarre as the WCC commissioner on the show. I talked to her last week when Few kind of told us that they would be open to other things. And I, the impression, the general impression I got from my conversation with her was, They've been doing this for a while. This is what they do. They talk to people. They've got it great in our conference, you know, and we love Gonzaga. She said all the right things. But I think um, I think they're probably just looking around going, hey, we don't have a football program, but we got a really good basketball program, and we don't want to be left behind. Uh, Ty in Vancouver is called in. This is interesting. Ty is a commercial crab fisherman. Oh. And he is called in. Ty, what is up, man? We're in your wheelhouse today. Yeah, how's it going, guys? You know, I'm pretty bummed out because I was going to pay it forward there and give you your correct answer and in return give you guys some crap this winter so you get out of the crap. <laughs> well, you're welcome to still do that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. So I got a couple little things for you. The average okay. weight on a crab is about 1.85 pounds, and anything larger than that is considered a jumbo crab. Mm. And, uh, go ahead. Yeah, it, let me ask you on that note, like, there are some animals that you don't want them to be overfinished. Like, you don't want, uh, like, a pig, a swine, you wouldn't want that pig to be heavier. That's not necessarily good. In crab world, Your 4-H is, showing. is cra- in crab world, <laughs> would a larger crab have different flavor? Oh, you definitely want the larger meat because, you know... It, it's so much work to eat crab, right? So yes. you want the big legs so you can just dive right into them and you get full faster. The meat, it tastes pretty much the same. Some people prefer the, the younger meat just like eating veal, but to me there's no difference. And so so you work off the Oregon coast, I'm assuming, or do you do you go beyond? No, I work out of Newport. My, uh, my whole family has had commercial crabbers, and I also do salmon and halibut during the summertime. So we've worked out of Newport for uh, going on 14 years. Oh, so maybe you can answer this question. When something is labeled as wild-caught oyster, for example, as this was, versus farm-raised, they had both in this store, what exactly does that mean? Does that mean anything? Yeah, so that's what the other thing I was going to tune in to you about. I don't really know when, when it comes to oysters, but I know um, salmon is, you know, they sell a lot of farm-raised salmon in, like, Safeways and Fred Meyers and whatnot. And if you ever notice, the farm-raised meat is very red. 
And that's just because they feed them pellets and unnatural food. If you get, you know, ocean caught, it's more orange, and it tastes mm. a lot better, in my opinion. So mm. that's the difference there. I love that. All right, any other uh, tips for where to buy crab and uh, what we should be thinking about if we are buying crab? Definitely take a trip down to, you know, Newport's a great place. If you guys ever been to the, uh, the seafood festival they do there every year, is great. Um, over on Dock 7 in Newport, Chelsea Rose, always have great live crab. They're our partner boat, so check us out. All right. I love that. Ty in Vancouver, you th- I, th- I appreciate you listening, man. Thank you. Yeah, take care, guys. There he is, commercial so crab fisherman. Show, show road trip down to Newport? <laughs> Go on the road. On the road. I've been talking to people about taking this show on the road, and what I have asked for is we need a van that can be mobile, so we don't have to, like, set up in a business anywhere. Like, the truck itself is the production in the studio. Like, we just pull into the parking lot, we park the truck, boom, we're live. Boom. So we could take it down to Newport. We could do that. I want you to leave it here. You got the BFT statewide. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 Woo-hoo. The Game. I'm enjoying the new music. Well done, Judah. I know Judah's listening. Well done. I want to talk a little bit uh, about uh, sports in general. Um, You've got um, Kyrie Irving with uh, the Brooklyn Nets, who who is uh, under fire. Uh, He he made a social media post last week that promoted a film that uh, featured some uh, anti-Semitic thoughts. And ideas. Uh, he he had that post on social media condemned by the Nets owner. He came out and uh, basically said uh, him putting something on social media isn't necessarily him promoting an idea, which is a ridiculous concept. Anna, can we just can we put that to rest right now? If you are pushing something out on social media, unless you're offering commentary about how this is. Um, this is uh, something that you're against. Are you not promoting it if you are, if you are uh, putting it, pushing it out on social media? Yes. I mean, I always think it's interesting when people say like retweets are not necessarily <laughs> endorsements, and it's like really though, you know, like 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 it or not, people are going to interpret that as some kind of endorsement unless you are retweeting something and sound like roundly condemning it. Um, so yeah, I don't really buy Kyrie Irving's line about that. He has, uh, come out today saying he will donate $500,000 towards causes and organizations that work to eradicate hate and intolerance in our community. Uh, the Nets and Irving will both give a $500,000 joint statement announced with the Anti-Defamation League today. Um, and, uh, you know, Irving is saying... He uh, opposes all forms of hatred and oppression. I want to, you know, we've had several cases of owners in the league who have made racist comments or um, obviously there's been some organizations that have some issues with how they treat women. Kyrie Irving, you know, comes out and makes these statements that are anti-Semitic and promotes it on his social media and then says, you know, I'm not promoting it. Um, 
I wondered at what point he would be held as accountable as the Players Association is trying to hold the owners that have made uh, horrific statements like, you know, Robert Sarver in Phoenix, who essentially is being forced to sell the team because, you know, he he used the N-word and he said things that were hateful and racist. And I'm looking at a player who is kind of doing the same thing. Not as it's not as, I guess, apparent as an owner using the N-word, but him promoting this kind of hate speech and thought is in the wheel. It's in the neighborhood. It, and, and so, and, and, you know, Richard Jefferson has come out and criticized Kyrie Irving saying, look, you know, you know, isn't he guilty of doing the same thing that other people have criticized ownership for doing G- guys? Do we have a thought on this? Like the, the players in the NBA, it, it looks to me like Kyrie Irving is, is having his moment where he's realizing, you know, or somebody's told him you're wrong. You need to make a donation. He's making a donation of $500,000. He's backing away from his comments. But it's and the Nets are doing it too. They're kind of doing it. In, they're holding his hand, right? They're doing it in conjunction. If he were an owner of a team and it were, you know, it weren't, uh, you know, Jewish people that he was going after, like there would be cries for Kyrie Irving to sell the team. Well, that's. Like, that's a double standard. Yeah, that's absolutely the difference here. And I mean, you know, the play, not to uh, compare, uh, you know, tw- tw- excuse me, terrible statements, yeah. but Kyrie's not saying it to the players. Sarver, that's offensive to a huge majority of the players. It should be offensive yeah. to everyone, but it's directed at a majority of the players. Donald Sterling's directed at yeah. them. Kyrie Irving is vice president of the Players Association. They didn't even <laughs> name him. They said, yeah. well, we don't, you know, we condemn this. We don't stand for this. Well, you sort of do because no one is doing anything. And he's not sorry. And he's making a donation that's nothing to him and he's just hoping this will go away he's not sorry he did it he's sorry that he has to deal with people that aren't as smart as him and not as open as him and we just don't understand and he's the only one with the truth i'm over it yeah he's he, a, he didn't actually okay. say he's sorry in, in the in the comment, he's not yeah in the comment he made he didn't say i'm sorry for saying like he just you know he he got caught putting out something that whether he believes it or not like he just put that out, and it just reached a bunch of people that didn't even know it was out there. And that, that's my problem is that, like, he he talks about it's, he's not promoting it, but by him retweeting it or liking it or commenting on it, now millions of people are seeing that video or seeing him, t- you know, at least put this out there that this video exists. Maybe they click on it. Maybe they don't. But it's just putting awareness to stuff that doesn't need to be made aware. I, I love that Shaq... You know, it feels like the the players who are part of the studio shows have more to say about this than the actual players in the league. Here's Shaq uh, talking to Ernie Johnson about it. All over social media. Do you ever put something out there, Shaq, that that does not represent something that you feel? I was probably one of the first guys on Twitter. And when I realized the power it had, I knew I had to be very responsible. Followers, platform, whatever you call it, I knew I had to be responsible. I... I try to make people happy. I try to make people smile. My, my formula has always been the same. 60% to make you laugh, 30% to inspire you, and 10% whatever I'm selling, I'm selling. You have to be have to be aware of what you're doing. And you have to be aware that sometimes when you put stuff out, not everybody's going to like it. Some, some people are conscious, some people are not. I can tell he's not conscious. He doesn't really care what, what's going on. But us, I know that... that 
You know, the game that we used to love and we promote, it brings people together. And it hurts me sometimes when we have to sit up here to talk about stuff that divides the game. Now, now we got to answer for what this idiot has done. Uh, you know, I'm, I stand for equality of all people. I've always been like that. Don't matter what religion, no matter where you're from. I can say shalom, salam alaikum, ni hao, sabon, because that's how I was raised. So I don't, I don't really want to sit up here and answer questions for what he's done. You know, if you're looking at me, it's my job to make people happy. I, I, I can't speak for him and, you know, answer for, for you know, what he's doing. It's, it's obviously by his answers and the way he answers, he doesn't really care. Shaq, I think, speaking for a lot of people, uh, and I think spitting wisdom. The 5 at 5 is coming up. Bruce Barnum, Portland State football coach, later in the show. Leave it here. BFFT. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the bald faced truth. I don't think the Kyrie Irving thing's done. You guys think it's done, or you think he's gonna? It, it'll just—it's a matter of time. He'll keep going. He'll keep and going. Keep going. He'll yeah. keep. Yeah, he, he's the type of guy that he—he he thinks he's smarter than you. He's gonna let you how how much more smart he is than you. That was a terrible sentence. And he's smarter than I am, but uh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, you got it. He's—he's <laughs> he's smarter than us all. And he wants to let you know about it. The the interaction he had at the news conference with a reporter. I I I, I was glad the reporter kept his cool kept asking i i would not want to be covering the nets can you imagine having to deal with that all the time i would Unnes i would hate yeah. it you would hate Un it unnecessarily combative look and and look i i covered the nfl i covered the niners locker room with terrell owens in it he was unnecessarily combative too but he was he could also be jovial okay it wasn't like a it wasn't always angry I, I covered some Jerry Tarkanian teams that had some kids that were not fun to deal with. But, again, I would look at them and go, well, they're college kids. They're going to mature. And what happened? Chris Heron, who was one of those players who played for Tark, he came on the show years later, and he said, hey, I'm sorry. I want to make amends. And, uh, you know, he was he was kind of a jackass to deal with in college. But he grew up and, and uh, you know, see what happens. The Blazers even. Even the Blazers era that had Zach Randolph, Ruben Patterson, Zebo was there was a there was a childlike feel to Zebo. It was maturity. I I always felt that stood in his way. It wasn't that you know he was necessarily a bad or dark human being. He wasn't. He got in trouble, but he often got in trouble because he was a follower and he surrounded himself with people who made bad decisions and he just kind of followed and then he would go, oh gosh, I shouldn't do that. Like. There was uh, it was childlike, you know. But this one with Kyrie, he's it's arrogant, it's narcissism, it's it, it's you know, like you said, Stephen. He he's smarter than everybody in the room. That's just one of my pet pet peeves for Friday. But that is a pet peeve of mine is just people that act like they're smarter than you and then they want to tell you. There there's a guy in the area, local guy that does it. That, uh, <laughs> Peter knows what I'm talking about. I tweeted about it a while ago, but like he just bothers me so bad. He's that way. Amen. So. The guy in the area, like me. You're no, 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 me? not yeah? you. Huh? No, 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 not you. I, not you. I know I I'm not the. I know I'm not the smartest guy in yeah, the room. Yeah, that's why I like you. That's why. That's why we get along. <laughs> we both know we're, we're idiots, and you know, we're just talking. Uh, here's where I'm genius at. I'm the stupidest guy in the room, but I surround myself with smart people. My wife's smarter than me. I'm not saying. I'm saying that now because she's out of the studio. She's way smarter than me. She told me she's leaving the studio. 
She said, you know, when I was telling the crab story, you know, uh, I said, you told it too fast. I wanted you to back up because I had so many questions about, like, what did the crab look like? What did you use to grab it out of the thing, you know? And she says, well, it sounded like you didn't, you weren't paying attention. I said, no, I was paying attention. I just have, I want her to flesh out every detail. And you know that she's smarter because whenever she's not on the show, everyone complains like, hey, where's Anna? I know. I got an email this morning from a woman who was on her walk, her morning walk with her husband. And they, they want to know where Anna's been. Anna's been busy. Her mom's visiting. Her mom's 80. And I said, you know, spend your time with your mom because you don't know how much longer you get to see your mom. Her mom's visiting and hanging out. And uh, so I said, you know, go go do that. Hang out with your mom. Yeah, like, when I joined the show, I asked people in my family, like, oh, what's your favorite part? They're like, oh, when Anna comes on. I was like, yeah. oh, all right, cool. Might as well just have her come on at 3 o'clock, and I'll join yeah. in the 4 o'clock hour. You're, you're the guest. <laughs> <laughs> See how that goes. Um, I told her she was leaving the stu- studio. I said, you know, you're, you're, you're getting better at this. And she rolled her. She's got two Emmys on the shelf inside the house. She's rolled her eyes at me and walked out. She goes, you weren't even listening during the crab story. And I said, I was listening. You just told the story too fast. You got to slow down. I got questions here. We're in the 5 o'clock hour. It's the happy hour. Uh, here's what we're going to do this hour. It's going to be different. Um, Bruce Barnum is going to join us, Portland State football coach. Uh, he will be joining us in about 10 minutes. After that, the American Ultimate Disc League has an all-star game going on. That's right. We can't get an NBA all-star game. We have the American Ultimate Disc League all-star game coming up. Uh, we're going to talk to a, a couple of the executives with the league, the franchise. We're going to interview them. We're going to find out about this thing. I love these kinds of interviews because I know very little about this sport. We'll find out all about it, and I'll make the interview fun. That's coming up uh, later at the bottom of the hour. Uh, before that, though, we have the five at five. Five big stories. Let's do it. The five at five. Well, the Washington Commanders are under investigation. Why does this remind me of Al Capone and tax evasion? The U.S. District Attorney's Office in Eastern District of Virginia has opened a criminal investigation into the Washington Commanders, saying that they engaged in financial improprieties. ESPN's reporting this story. Team spokesperson for the Commanders gave this quote, quote, it is not surprising that ESPN is publishing falsehoods based solely on anonymous sources given today's announcement. We're confident that after these agencies have had a chance to review documents and complete their work, that they'll come to the same conclusion as the team's internal review. The allegations are simply untrue. I have no idea what they're talking about, but the uh, NFL engaged former SEC chair Mary Jo White to look into the league and to look into the team, rather. The NFL's second investigation into the commanders, it's not about sexual misconduct. It's not about Daniel Snyder, including the owner's uh, own alleged sex assault of a woman on his plane. Uh, No, this is about the finances of the team. You talk about the NFL wanting to get rid of an owner or the rest of the owners in the league wanting to get rid of Daniel Snyder, Snyder says he has dirt on everybody. He's going to burn down the house. Next thing you know, knock, knock. Well, it's the uh, district, uh, uh, Northern District of Virginia. We'd like to ask you some questions about your books. Second thing in the 5 at 5, Kansas has suspended Coach Bill Self four games, along with assistant Curtis Townsend. They're suspended for the first four games of the season. The Jayhawks have also imposed recruiting restrictions as part of the fallout from the FBI's investigation into college basketball corruption. 
This goes back five years. People in the state of Oregon will remember the Adidas case. Well, Self and Townsend were named in the NCAA's notice of allegations. Five level one violations. They'll miss the Jayhawks matchup against Duke on November 15th. They'll also miss games against Omaha, North Dakota State, and Southern Utah. And uh, they'll rejoin the team in the Bahamas on November 23rd in the battle for Atlantis. There it is. Uh, Bill Self and Curtis Townsend suspended for the first four games of the season by Kansas. Number three in our five at five. How about this one? Gonzaga met with the Big 12. Gonzaga Athletic Director, according to ESPN, Chris Standiford, was in Frisco, Texas last Friday when Gonzaga was there to play Tennessee in that pay-per-view game you heard about on this show. Remember, Bill Self joined us. He said, I want to see how the pay-per-view goes. Gonzaga's playing this game. The money went to charity. Well, Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark met with the Gonzaga Athletic Director at the Hyatt Hotel in Frisco, Texas. Love the detail, Pete. While the Zags were in the Dallas area, to play Tennessee in that scrimmage. Now, Yormark has promised to be aggressive. He's open for business, after all. But he's also a salesman. But I think Gonzaga's doing a little sa selling themselves here. They're in the West Coast Conference. It's a mid-major. They have uh, enjoyed a wonderful run as a basketball powerhouse in the WCC. Are they playing with fire? Will they kill the Golden Goose, so to speak? They have a clear path to the NCAA tournament in most years. They've done it a lot. Have the best run of any program in America in the last five years when you count up the NCAA tournament units. But uh, Brett Yormark looking to expand, maybe doing what the Pac-12 is doing and talking to Gonzaga. The Big East is also in this. And I'm here to tell you, nobody's reported this. Nobody's reported this. but. My spider senses were tingling last Friday when Mark Few talked about Gonzaga playing Kentucky. They have a six-game series. They're playing Tennessee in this exhibition game. Few brought up Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner. I'm here to tell you, I think the SEC will talk to Gonzaga as well. Keep an eye on that. They're a basketball powerhouse. But is there money in that? Is there enough money to move the needle? That's the question. Number four in our five at five. We talked about it last hour, but the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving are combining forces, $500,000 each, to give a million dollars towards causes and organizations that work to eradicate hate and intolerance in our communities. This comes in the wake of Kyrie Irving being Kyrie Irving, making uh, statements that were offensive, social media posts that promoted a film that features anti-Semitic thoughts. Irving has been condemned by the Nets owner. People are all shaking their heads at him. There's no room for racism. There's no room for anti-Semitic uh, thoughts or false narratives or, you know, somebody just trying to create animosity and hate. But Kyrie Irving, he'll be lighter in the wallet by $500,000. Who knows exactly how that goes down. Finally, the fifth thing in our five at five, I want to talk recruiting. Julian Sayan, the number 34 commit in the country in the 2024 class, has committed to Alabama. He's a quarterback. Sayan, I'm just saying, said that he thinks Alabama is the standard for college football. 
He says they'll coach you hard. You'll be disciplined there. And I want to be in a system that's going to translate to the NFL. It's a lot like what Bryce is doing, he said. It's an NFL offense, and they're going to make a lot of changes to it. You'll be in control of it, and I want to be a part of that. He chose the Crimson Tide over Georgia and LSU. Saying is the fourth member of Alabama's 2024 class and the second highest member of the class, but he's the first quarterback to commit out of the 2024 class. So there you go. Saying, picking uh, Alabama. Saying that they are everything that is right with college football. Alabama never been lower than sixth in the initial rankings of the college football playoff rankings. They are number six right now. That's the five at five. Is Alabama the class of college football, guys? Like, or can we say that right now in this year? Because um, okay. I'm, I'm too, I, I don't know. I, I'm like, hey, they lost to Tennessee. They, you know, te- Texas should have beat them. Like, I'm just basing it on this season. I'm not ready to say that Alabama is going to be the future of major college football. Like, you know, they've got a great run. Nick Saban's there. What happens when Nick Saban leaves? Yeah, that's the question is when Nick Saban leaves, how does it go? I think I think at every other position besides quarterback, you could say that they are like the future of college football and they are the present. Like you look at the NFL, those teams are just littered with guys from Alabama, but the quarterback spot hasn't necessarily been the thing. So uh for the recruit to say that, I mean I understand where he's coming from. You know, it is I think it is the best program and Nick Saban has made comments about his players that he coaches them hard and he expects a lot out of them. So I, I respect Saban for that one. Uh, so I agree with him. I think that uh, Alabama is the class. Leave it here. Bruce Barnum, Portland State coach, is next. This week, we're in the giving mood. Don't miss John Canzano's Bald Face Truth, 3 to 6 p.m. for your chance to win tickets to the Phil Knight Invitational and Phil Knight Legacy Thanksgiving weekend. We'll be giving you a chance to win tickets for all the action at Moda Center, featuring the nation's best men's and women's programs, including the Ducks, Beavers, Duke, Carolina, Michigan State, and more. The Phil Knight Invitational and Legacy from 750 The Game. And enter for a chance to win online at 750thegame.com. I'm spitting truth on this radio show. Uh, Reflex, reflexknees.com. That's what I'm talking about. Reflex can help you get back to life if you've got a knee problem. Hey, I had knee problems. I had three knee surgeries. Also, uh, you know, I had, uh, you know, PRP therapy with Reflex and stem cell treatment, and I came out of that feeling really good. Why? Because of Reflex. They got me back to life. If you're having knee pain, I want you to do yourself a favor and go to the website reflexsneeze.com. Reflex can help you get back to life the way they helped me get back to life. Really, they set me up with cutting-edge treatment modalities. Dr. Riggs and the team, they're the best around. Uh, They have the best technology. Uh, They travel all over the planet trying to find the best technology and the best treatments, and they bring them right back here to the Portland metropolitan area. If you're having knee pain, reflexsneeze.com. That's the website. I'm going to say it one more time because it's important reflexknees.com I'm getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20. So am I because I'm at risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. I'm asking about Prevnar 20 because there's a chance pneumococcal pneumonia could put me in the hospital. Age 65 or older, you may be at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. 
Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine, a Pfizer vaccine that can help protect against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. I want to be able to keep my plans. So I'm asking my doctor about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20. It's the season of savings at King LASIK. This month, get $1,500 off LASIK and 0% financing for 24 months, meaning LASIK is just $167 a month, plus tax-free dollars from your FSA or HSA. Save even more. KingLASIK.com. 2000, 2008, 2022. When it comes to the economy, those are some scary years. Dot-com crash, housing crash, and the roller coaster we're going through right now. It's a dangerous time to not know your numbers. But over 31,000 businesses have the confidence and clarity they need because they rely on NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, improve margins. Everything you need, all in one place. So, how do you prepare for uncertain times? The answer, NetSuite. NetSuite helps you identify rising costs, automate your business processes, and easily see where to save money. That's why 93% of customers say they improved their visibility and control when they upgraded to NetSuite. What are you waiting for? NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com radar. NetSuite.com radar. Are you looking for a perfect weekend getaway? Tolavana Inn overlooks Oregon's beautiful coast and offers spacious oceanfront suites. For a limited time, you can get half off a $100 certificate to Tolavana Inn. Get yours today before they're gone at portlandmarketplace.com. Expires December 31st. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Bruce Burnham, Portland State football coach, joining us now. How you doing, man? How's right. how's life for Portland State? Right. Doing all right, John. Got one went to uh, the red turf. I uh, got a W. Hadn't done that in they said seven years. And had a fun time there. Bus ride back, you know. Play a little Michael Myers to get him in the Halloween mood for their <laughs> return, you know. And let them enjoy it till midnight. Nothing good ever happens after midnight, so they cut her off and ready to go. We're at it again. Yeah, you beat Eastern Washington, thirty-eight, thirty-five. I saw you guys got a trophy at the end of this. What? What is the trophy that you won by beating them? Nah, that damn thing. Uh, the damn cup. <laughs> it, it's, uh, the damn cup. All the dams leading up, you know, on the river uh, to the mighty uh, Cheney, Spokane. Uh, so they came up with the Dam Cup. So uh, we got like it. it. There's a story behind it. I don't know if I should make it public. It's no big deal. People enjoy it, you know. Game changes. We, My players, uh, Bo Baldwin was the head coach in 15 uh, when I got this job, and we went up there and beat him, and, you know, it was, we got the trophy, and, uh, we were switching it back and forth. Uh, so we got it this time. We won. My, we're in the locker room celebrating. My players are like, Coach, where's the damn trophy? So 
I my AD showed up. I said, JJ, I need that trophy, please. Um, he goes and you know, force you know, professionally, forcefully gets it for us, and it 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 goes through how it goes through both both buses. You know, we defense had it to the love stop there in '84, and we stopped and watered out and. They could get whatever they want snack-wise, jump back in and switch buses. It had a fun time, Halloween night, I guess, or the night before, Halloween eves. And we get there the next day. John, we're sitting in the staff room, and somebody reads it, and the kids brought it back. And the plaque says, All Sports Trophy. Um, <laughs> between the schools. And I said, No. I said, We're changing the plaque. That's a football trophy. <laughs> so we have it. Um all sports now football so ready to go i love that uh do you get to keep it like for the year or for the year, you, for the year. if you win it like five times in a row do you retire it like is there some kind of history to it or is it just go back well, and forth always well see you're, you're in my book i want to get I, I, it, it, right now it has size it has a, a silver you know cup on the top of it it kind of looks like the a tower um the washington monument maybe with a cup mm -hmm. on the top that has no holes in it um i heard from this weekend and and but i, I want another one i want one with a bronze dam you know what i mean it's hard you know, only yes. it takes two people to carry it uh uh wow you know front trophy case material uh instead of this but uh, I'm, I'll talk to Aaron, uh, their head coach, and see if we can swing some. I think spruce it's time it to retire it and, and, and spruce up the trophy, yeah. Yeah, get a sponsor for it. That's what you have to do because if you get a sponsor, the sponsor will put some money into it, and you can then you can go all out. It could be gold-plated for all you care. Right, right, right. You know, see? Uh, I like it. You know, I don't have time for that, but I like it. <laughs> I love it. All right, so listen, you're home on Saturday. You get Northern Colorado at home. Um, I have I all season long uh, on the website at johnconzano.com. You may have noticed that we've been doing photo galleries. I'm sending a photographer to your game. We're gonna have a photo gallery on Portland State on Saturday. Really? Wow, that's cool. So thanks, thanks for the press. That'll be fun wear, for everybody. Wear your good stuff. I want you know you're gonna be photographed. <laughs> no, don't the kids. It's about the kids and the players yeah. and the fans. It's not about Bruce Barnum. We know that. People want to see Barney. Uh, what is? Uh, tell us about Northern Colorado. Uh, you see him on film. What do you see? Well, first off, Ed McCaffrey. You know yeah. that name. That's yeah. your head coach. Stanford guy. That's your head coach. Um, Broncos, right? I think he played for Denver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, he actually, their whole family plays there. He's the head coach. His son is the OC. One son is the OC. Another son is the quarterback. Um. But uh, talented, you see talent. You know, they're a team. I think every game I've turned on, they're leading at the beginning and they lose at the end, except, you know, the one. They're, they're having a rough year as far as record. Uh, but you watch them. I like number 10. They have a linebacker. I, I think so. a hell of a football player. They have some transfers. They're from all around. I saw a guy from Baton Rouge. On their team, they're they're nil'd up. I saw Baton Rouge. I saw all kinds of states from south to east. Uh, I saw Rahway, New Jersey, for Christ's sake. I haven't yeah. heard that since I drove by the prison there. You know, going to spring training. I mean, um, but 
uh, I like what they do. We, we just got to make sure uh, we go out and keep this going. We're able to run the ball last week. That means a lot. Yeah, you ran last week. You, this is really interesting because I'm, you know, I'm looking at your schedule. I don't know if you've looked at your schedule, but you know, you beat Northern Colorado. It sets up that November 11th game at home against Sacramento State. You guys got a chance here to go get back to 500 and and you know have have a five and five season at that point. It and what would that mean to you to kind of finish strong after playing some payday games to start the year? Well, that means a lot, and that's kind of how we are right now, uh, John and Portland State. If I can't sneak one of those early games, you know, um, you kind of play this schedule uh, because of the talent in the Big Sky. I mean, uh, as far as ranked teams, there's a lot of ranked teams this year and most years, so uh, it means a lot to be playing uh, for that and not just the game, you know, and the rod and all that. Be able to play for that uh, into November, uh, and that makes it fun. That makes it fun. Um, right now, uh, you get the run game going. Uh, you know, what do you like about your team other than the fact that you won some games here? Well, we're getting healthy. I finally had my entire offensive line minus three last week. That, that's a first, actually, for the season. Um, you know, so that helps. Uh, my quarterback's getting better every week. You know, I finally found a system. I found some things. You know, I went back. He kind of had to play the, well, what would you do in peewee football, you know? Because I only have It's not like the NFL where you can keep a guy for umpteen years. I, I have somebody. This guy's going to be uh, – I have Dante right now. He's, you know, the starter. I have him for three years. So why not go back to his history, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm trying everything just to make him successful and us successful. So I went back, what do you do? What would you do here? What would you do here? And, you know, and some of the concepts fit us and uh, what we do in our system. And, you know, that's what he's having great success with right now in the passing game. Um, he can run like a, a deer. I mean, he takes off. And, um, he's hard to catch, but to develop the other side of it uh, has been fun. It's been a fun, what's it called, e e evolving yeah, evolution. Evolution, yeah, yeah. I knew it was that word. I didn't know yep. where to grab it. Too much. Yep. Um, are you having fun this season? I am. I love the football, John. I, I love football. I love practice. I wish, you know, NCAA cut it back. I wish we could practice all day. That part of my job is like why you do it, you know. It, it's, yes, practice, game day. Trap, being with the team, you know, helping the players out and whatever. Today, if I took you through today, I mean, John, there were tears, cheers, beer. It, it was every dealing with the players. You know, there's so much uh, that goes on. Um, you know, and then you got to be head coach. Some of that stuff, um, uh, I wouldn't call it enjoy. I try to turn it to, you know, help my football team and win games and feed them and all that. But the football side I love, you know, uh, when if that ever ends, that's when you know it's time to, you know, uh, go buy a, a bigger boat and all that stuff. I appreciate that. Uh, Bruce Barnum, listen, uh, I want people to go to your game. So I'm going to tell you right now, if you are a, a fan of football in general, and you want to see a Portland State football game, you can catch them this weekend. Uh, they are at home. 
It is northern Colorado. Uh, you can see them right in Hillsboro. Two o'clock kickoff. You have no reason. This is the weekend to go see Portland State. They're going to be home. Uh, opportunity to see them on Saturday, 2 o'clock, against Northern Colorado. Bruce Barnum, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you coming on every week. No, thanks, John, and appreciate the, the shout-out. Uh, we'd love to see as much of the Northwest. If they haven't seen one, come see it. You'll love what you see. So how can you turn that down? <laughs> I love that. Okay. Bruce Barnum, as always, unfiltered. Bruce Barnum, love him. There he is, Portland State football coach. All right, up next we got two guests coming on the show. That's right. It's going to be a two-for-one special. We're going to introduce you to a sport that you might know much about, uh, an all-star game coming our way. You'll hear it next. A uh, couple of guests will be joining us. I want you to leave it right here. Yeah, it's 529. Um, you know, when you have a team that goes the ball that many times um, with all those playmakers around uh, you just see um, you know that guy Penix putting it all over the putting it all over the, the field you know you can make all the throws the deep throws you know throws from the hash all the way across the field that was Jaden Grant of the number 23 Oregon State Beavers on the BFT with John Canzano and of course the Beavers are in Seattle this Friday taking on the Huskies for Washington it's a four and a half point favorite you can catch an interview with Jaden in all of the interviews from John Cazano on 750thegame.com. The Trailblazers, they are back in action tonight after a four-day layoff. They're taking on the Grizzlies from the Moda Center. Josh Hart is available and in the starting lineup along with rookie Shaden Sharp, while Dame and GP2 are out for tonight. Grizzlies, four-and-a-half-point favorites. Pete Thamel of ESPN is saying the Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark met with Gonzaga Athletic Director Chris Stanford to have discussions about the Zags joining the Big 12, not just for basketball, but for all sports. Kansas basketball coach Bill Self, he'll be suspended for the first four games of the season, including their matchup against Duke as the Jayhawks imposed several recruiting restrictions as part of their fallout from the FBI investigation back in 2017. From the Cascades to the coast, Frost Brewed Coors Light is keeping Oregon and Washington sports fans chilled all season long. Coors Light made to chill. From the Beaverton Toyota Sports Desk, I'm Stephen Vaughn. You're listening to 750 The Game. The Portland Metro RV Show is back and better than ever. November 10th through the 13th at the Expo Center. It's the largest RV show in Portland with new manufacturers, new models, and new floor plans. Get two-for-one admission coupons at PortlandMetroRV.com. Ah, you waited too long to sell your home and you'll never get your price. Or it'll take forever to sell, right? Wrong. Not if you go with Orchard. Listen, Orchard not only guarantees the stress-free sale of your home, but helps you sell for top dollar, too. Here's how they do it. First, Orchard makes you a solid cash offer for your home. I'm talking a serious guaranteed cash offer from Orchard, not some low-ball home buyer. Next, your personal team of Orchard pros recommend and help with specific upgrades and improvements to quickly and dramatically increase your home's value. Finally, Orchard not only guarantees the sale of your home, but if it sells for more than your cash offer, you keep the upside. How much upside? Over the last year, the average Orchard client received $56,000 more than their guaranteed cash offer. What could you do with an extra fifty-six grand? Find out how much Orchard can guarantee you with a free no-obligation home valuation at Orchard.com. That's Orchard.com. Orchard.com. Finding the right Medicare plan? Oof, no easy feat. Kind of like those dances my granddaughter loves making me do. <laughs> 
But then I found Walgreens FindRx coverage. Let's you compare plans online, over the phone, or in person. Made Medicare shopping so easy. Plus, I found plans with low-cost copays. <laughs> I can get down with that. When you need to talk Medicare, Walgreens is here. Start shopping today at walgreens.com slash Medicare. Why wait to save? Dell Technologies Black Friday event arrives early with select deals on top tech to power business productivity. The savings start now with up to 48% off performance business PCs powered by 12th Gen Intel Core processors. Don't forget special pricing on the latest monitors, docks, and accessories, including free shipping on everything. Call a Dell Technologies advisor at 877-ASK-DELL for Black Friday deals. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Listen to 750 The Game anytime, anywhere on Odyssey. Odyssey is your new audio home for all the music, news, sports, and podcasts that matter to you. Find your favorite stations like 750 The Game, plus today's biggest podcasts. Find it all on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Well, this is going to be a fun interview, I, and I love doing these kinds of interviews because it helps us understand maybe a sport or a league or an event that you might peripherally know about but don't really know about. Our guest coming up here, Rob Lloyd, is the chairman of the American Ultimate Disc League. Uh, I got to talk to him because he left uh, a job as an executive at Cisco, and he was involved with the Hyperloop, and... He invested with some other people in the American Ultimate Disc League. What made him do that and what is going on with them? I got to know. And then the owner of the local franchise in the league, the Portland Nitro, Joe Caswell, is going to join us as well. We're going to bring him on here. I'll bring him on kind of like I do when I do kind of the uh, two guest interviews. We'll start with Rob Lloyd, the chairman of the American Ultimate Disc League. He is joining us now. I got to know, Rob, like... When you said, I'm leaving Cisco or leaving Hyperloop, and this is what I want to go do, what was it about uh, you know, Ultimate Disc that caught your attention? Hey, John, thanks a lot. And um, I w- I've actually been involved with the AUDL for a little over 10 years. Uh, started my involvement through my son, who was a pretty accomplished player. Ended up, along with my brother, buying the, the AUDL franchise in Toronto. Um, and based on my experience at Cisco and, and what we saw happening with the changes in broadcast and content, uh, because the sport is so exciting, because it's such a highlight factory, I've been convinced for a decade that it was a sport that, that would take off, that would be recognized for, for its athleticism. And then when we you know, decided to take a step back from Hyperloop, I thought that no better time to, to really lean in on this and try to bring the sport that so, that so many people love and enjoy, especially in the Pacific Northwest, but, you know, there's 8 million people around the world play this game, 5 million in the U.S., and we get a chance uh, coming up here to, to showcase 30 of the best athletes in our league uh, competing in our, in our second annual All-Star Game. So we're super excited to be up in Portland and to be hosted by Joel Caswell and the Portland Nitro for our second annual All-Star Game. That's a good opportunity to bring Joel into the conversation. He's the owner of Portland Nitro. Joel, give us an idea. Um, like, you know, how do you end up as the owner of a of a team and a franchise? 
Yeah, thanks, John. Thanks for having us on. Uh, um, I think it was uh, one of those things that uh, we were in the right place at the right time um, uh, with a group of people that uh, love love the sport and uh, felt like uh, Portland was a good marketplace to uh, bring another franchise to. So uh, we've uh, played our first inaugural season now um, downtown uh, at the home of the Timbers and the Thorns at Providence Park. Um, had a good kickoff first year, I think, and uh, just looking to, to grow from that. Give me an idea, like, you know, your your history with the game, Joel. The first time you pick up a disc or first time you go, hey, this is a fun game to play. Because I know I saw you at Worlds of Sport this summer, and that's where I kind of was like, okay, this is interesting. But, get, you know, what was your introduction to the to the sport? Uh, my introduction to the sport is uh, just having been around it uh, my, my entire life, uh, you know, having played at some of the amateur levels and uh, had a, a group of friends that was uh, – intrigued by it and, and played it at various levels and in different pro teams. And uh, it seemed like uh, it was a ripe opportunity after chatting with uh, Rob and Steve and some of the other guys at the league to uh, bring, a, bring a franchise here to Portland and uh, had the right set of uh, funding and financing and uh, uh, staff come together to make that happen. I've always wondered, like, you know, should I have been, like, a great concert pianist or maybe I, I would have been an archer, like, if I had only picked up a bow and arrow do you do you how do you discover talent and maybe this is to both of you rob can i start with you on that like you know you're the chairman of this league how do you discover the players in this league how do they get found so they are extremely athletic uh players the best of the players have mastered the art and science of throwing a disc the spin the angle that they throw it at incorporating the impact of the wind and really it's the only team sport that's played by superior athletes that, that exhibit speed, agility, uh, capabilities to jump, run very quickly, anticipate uh, the flow and, and, and strategy of the game. And we find athletes that are beginning to start the sport at a younger age, but most of the top athletes have played the sport at an elite level in college. There's a D1 and D3 championship that's hosted every year. And then those players are look for other outlets to continue uh, developing their skills. So our athletes are, are absolutely the top in the sport. And uh, the teams, there's 25 teams that are in the AUDL today. They span, you know, coast to coast with a couple of Canadian teams. Um, and there's a place for many players to play. We are looking at finding ways to attract players from other sports. I think the two the three crossover sports are, are football uh, basketball and soccer, and the flow, the the uh, the, the nature of the game uh, simulates a lot of what we see in soccer with the constant flow. The ability to go up and anticipate a, a floaty disc uh, is similar to going up for a rebound in basketball. And then the speed and agility that we see on both defense and offense, I think, simulates how very good athletes have performed in football. So non low low contact, low concussive, highly athletic. And those are, and we, we look for athletes uh, that, that are able to exhibit the, the capabilities that um, that make them stand out. That we're talking to Rob Rob Lloyd, who's the chairman of the American Ultimate Disc League (AUDL), also with Joe Cows, Joel Cowswell, who is the owner of Portland Nitro. Joel, let me ask you. Um, let's say uh, you, you know you you're talking with players, average age, uh, different. Uh, you know, different skill sets that you see within a team or a franchise. You know, on a football team, you got linemen, you got quarterbacks, you got receivers. How is that different or the same on your team? 
Yeah, I would. Uh, I'd say you know you kind of got two categories of, uh, of of players there. Um, you know, you could categorize them as uh, you know three three people or two or three people kind of on every uh, on the field at a time are kind of playing a, a quarterback style position rather than maybe just one in football. Um, kind of touching the uh, disc more often in its advancement up the field, and then you've got uh, another three or four you know players uh, that are more like uh, wide ride receivers um, and. The disc kind of flows up the field, uh, like Rob said, similar similar to soccer. And you know, there's a there's a wide age variety um, in that too. You know, maybe uh, similar to what you might see um, in some of the other major sports. Uh, you know, some of the people that are the more experienced uh, often are the people uh, playing more that quarterback uh, position, where they're touching the disc more often and throwing it more often. Um, and you know, some of the craziest athletes in the world, I think, are, are currently playing in some of those receiver positions um and so you know looking for the talent is, is a combination i think of of bringing in some really you know experienced players who have played for a long time and, and have a love for the game and uh the drive to keep competing and kind of have that depth of experience along with um just really some crazy athletes that exist in this league uh how do you get better, Joel? If you if you're looking to improve your team, is is there a draft? Is it all free agency? How do you find talent? Uh, currently, it's it's all free agency and uh, kind of the desire that people have to play. Um, you know, people people move around the country, and so you know, there's constantly talent moving in and out of uh, I think every every city, and uh, we host tryouts every year. Um, you know, kind of preseason and and then build from there into you know a, a preseason. Uh, training or training camp uh, leading up to the season starting uh, starting at the end of April. So, Very cool. Theaudl.com for the league. You can go forward slash Nitro if you want to learn about the Portland Nitro team. Rob, I want to ask you a question here, a big picture question. I've been thinking about this. Uh, Pac-12 is trying to negotiate uh, you know, their media rights deal. Uh, they're talking with Amazon, among others. Amazon is trying to get into some new sports. Uh, my hunch is that they're going to partner with the Pac-12 Networks as a production arm. Is the future of this league, does it involve regular broadcast? Does it involve a streamer? Like, what's the vision for the league? Yes, you know, John, it's a great question, and we see all that change that's happening in the media rights side of this. Right now we have a, a great relationship with Fox Sports. We have 60 broadcasts. We're uh, broadcast across Fox, both FS1 and FS2 last year. There's a lot of interest in live sports, which create, you know, a connection with the audience. We have our own streaming platform that's for more of a premium experience for fans. But we do expect that over the next year or two, we'll see that that media landscape continue to evolve. We have an amazing sport that fits well uh, on broadcast or on stream. It's two and a half hours, a, a massive amount of scoring, huge amount of highlights. We've been on ESPN, SportsCenter 2 four or five times this year. So it's a, it's a sport that's made for television and, and streaming, and it's part of our business model. Actually, out of uh, uh, interest in continuing to grow this business, we, we just formed a partnership with Legends uh, Hospitality, which is uh, owned by the Dallas Cowboys and New York Yankees. Uh, and they're really bringing us to the table in a lot more conversations with brands that would that would really be interested in continuing to, to, you know, associate their, their brand with the demographic of our audience, which is very young, very progressive. This is why, you know, we fit so well in Portland. And not only that, are we 
we're not only featuring our athletes this weekend on, on the 12th, actually, uh, in Saturday, but as well a mixed tournament uh, featuring uh, men and women from the Portland Nitro, mm. Seattle Cascade, as well as the Oregon Onyx and uh, Seattle Tempest out of the Western Ultimate League, uh, which focuses on women and non-binary athletes. So there's going to be a mixed 8-on-8 eight eight starting at 8.30. We're going to follow that up with a phenomenal all-star game uh, at 4 o'clock at Providence Park. And media rights are really everything. It drives everything uh, in professional sports today, and then that, that impacts how you can build out the rest of the economic model. Do you think that, it, you know, let me ask you just big picture in the sports world, Rob, because you're in there and you're negotiating these deals that, you know, how far away are we from, you know, sports in general really being totally comfortable being with a streaming service versus the linear television that, that we see? And, I, and, and it includes like ESPN Plus and Fox and Paramount. They, you know, everybody's got their streaming arm, but feels like that's where it's moving. It's just not all the way there yet. Yeah, it's not all the way there yet. And, you know, we do see the big sports platforms adding streaming to their mix. Uh, we do see streaming-only platforms that then then try to compete for those rights that have traditionally been only available on linear channels. So I think we're going to see a mix of those. But from a, an emerging and growth sports league like the American Ultimate Disc League, uh, I think having a, plat a site on both of this makes a lot of sense for a while. We actually do our own streaming. We have our own pr production teams that travel and produce a weekly uh, game of the week. Joel's team, for example, streams all of their games, so we have about 160 events live streamed every year. And I think for the next year or two, it's going to be a combination of those, but it could be that an Amazon or an Apple TV or someone that does just streaming comes out and really wants to develop that sports portfolio, uh, appealing to very targeted audiences. And we'll see how this plays out, but right now we've got great relationships and a very exciting sport and uh, obviously super thrilled to be coming up to, uh, to, to Portland and doing our showcase event uh, at Providence Park uh, on November 12th. November 12th, Providence Park. It is the all-star game for the AUDL, the American Ultimate Disc League. Um, I was looking into this. I did a little bit of research. Uh, you know, I was I was trying to figure out, is there a LeBron James in this league? Is there a, a player who just dominates and dominates? And Ryan Oscar was your MVP. But I, I noted you guys, maybe Joel, you can talk about this, or, or Rob, Seven different MVPs in 10 years. It, it doesn't seem like there is a LeBron in this league. Go for it, Joel. Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I, I think the sport maybe is a, a little different uh, just in the respect that it's played, you know, with, with more players. Um, you know, you're going to have at least, you know, 14 to, to 20 players starting in, starting in every game and getting a lot of playing time. So you, you definitely have a little broader of a base there. Um, and more, you know, more, uh, I think one player is maybe a little less impactful than it may be, you know, in basketball, but, you know, there, there's a number of, of great players out there. And, and I think that is uh, definitely something that's in, intriguing, you know, having, having a different MVP every year. And, and, you know, even in that, I think there's, um, you know, been a close runner up every year too. There's, yeah. there's some really phenomenal players right now. Um, I think yeah, it's we'll not uncommon at all to see, you know, one or two players be the standout players on their team. And that's the case for, you know, us in Portland with Leandro Marks and, and most other teams out there. Rookie of the year, Leandro Marks in Portland. Uh, Rob, you got anything to add to that? No, I was just going to say that the the uh, MVPs have been nicely balanced across the different teams. Uh, there'll be 
several of them participating in this in this weekend's activities and action or in sorry on the 12th um but uh yeah it's been a really balanced league uh we have some of those mvps from 2013 2014 still playing the game and then we have some of our newer athletes that that really rise very quickly to to achieve this level of, of performance so so there's going to be 30 of our best athletes plus a mixed uh, event that's going to feature some other great athletes. We encourage everyone to come out and take a look. And if you haven't seen it before, it's a chance to come out. Very affordable, $25 for a ticket. And I think the, the, the word out of most people's mouths is, wow. I think it's really cool. And I, I got a question for you guys because this may be stupid. Tell me if it's a dumb question. But I'm looking at a guy like James Pollard who was the, uh, you know, he's the most improved player in the league. He's a tennis player in college, and he finds this sport kind of, uh, you know, just to stay in shape while he's playing tennis. And if you're driving by, like, a park and you see people kind of fooling around playing this game, have you ever heard a case of someone pulling over and going out and saying, hey, have, we need you to try out? I mean, it is, do you find talent that way? We're finding talent from uh, college football players that – maybe decided the CFL wasn't the thing they wanted to do and they've picked up a disc and become starters in the league. Um, it's really about raw athleticism and an ability to anticipate the flow and learn the flow of the game. It's very easy to understand. Um, a lot of new players come in, perhaps as Joel mentioned, playing on the defensive side of the disc. Um, but no, I think you're going to find players crossing over many other sports because this game is hard to master. It's extremely exciting. And um, as we get a little more exposure, you know, we're, we're seeing our athletes on top channels. They, they're, they're able to, to, to get the recognition that they want to see from their, their development as athletes. And I think we've given them that both on the, the men's and the women's side to be able to have a platform to showcase their skills. And that is very important. That's kind of driven us to where we want to go. And now I think the economics are starting to catch up as we start to see some of the evolution in the media market and, Sponsorships becoming a little bit more focused on targeting specific parts of that overall um, sports market. All right, Rob, how do people get tickets for the All-Star Game? Uh, the website is theaudl.com. Is that where they get tickets, or is there somewhere else to get tickets? Well, I think it's on SeatGeek on the uh, on okay. the uh, Providence Park. Is that correct, Joe? Joel, on the Providence yeah, Park. Yeah, so as far as getting tickets, um, they, they're, they're on the AUDL.com. Uh, um, they are on SeatGeek if you look for the All-Star game in there. Um, and I think there's links to them in uh, all of our social media pages, uh, the, the Portland Nitro or uh, the AUDL. So they're pretty okay. easy to find in, in that regard. All right. I yeah, appreciate you guys making time. Joel Caswell, he's the owner of Portland Nitro. Rob Lloyd, I appreciate you. Uh, uh, fascinating stuff, lot to learn there, uh, and thanks for what you guys are doing. Thanks, Rob. John, thanks so much. All right, there they are. There it is, American Ultimate Disc League. I'm telling you, Stephen, maybe you're a basketball guy. Maybe you could have been like the Kevin Durant of the AUDL. I'm, I'm not going to lie. There was a thought that went through my mind, like, you know what? If this was around back when I was in school, right after college, I, I might have applied. I, I'm not a great Frisbee thrower, though. That would be my problem. I think that there are different positions, though, on the uh, on the field. There's yeah. some guys who are defenders, like with your size and your length. You know, I think, you know, it would be a lot of fun. Check it out. Take your kid. Check it out. I, I think it's really interesting when you look at the players. I was looking through the players on the league, 
they all sort of have like a D2, D3. There's some, you know, tennis player, basketball player. There's some background. Like I think Bruce Barnum, who came on earlier as the Portland State football coach, probably got some guys that could have a future in the uh, American Ultimate Disc League. Uh, but the All-Star Game's happening in Portland. I wanted to do that. It's a different kind of interview, but uh, check it out if that's your thing. Leave it here. Some parting thoughts coming up. It's one of the best times of the year, the start of football season. But before you put your feet in your favorite chair and kick back with a beverage, are your projects done before the rain kicks in? Many of you contractors already know this, but with everything from lumber, decking, siding, hardware, and more, Milwaukee Lumber is the place to shop for your home improvement projects. You don't need to chase someone in an apron down in a big box store. Just stop into any one of their locations in Milwaukee, Vancouver, and on Stark Street just off 82nd Avenue. Folks, there's been some fumbles all the way to the big game, but he's getting some help to get it done tonight. Here's the throw. He might go all the way. Touchdown! Regain and optimize your sexual performance. See what Pacific Men's Clinic can do to help that bedroom touchdown. Pacific Men's Clinic's safe and pain-free clinically proven procedure breaks up plaque and stimulates the growth of healthy new blood vessels. Call for your free consultation now at 503-752-0999. That's 503-752-0999. Auto accident? No one plans for it, and it always seems to happen at the worst time. With Late's Auto Collision Center's unique pickup and delivery service, that hassle of driving to shops multiple times is behind you. Remember, you do not need an estimate to file a claim. You do not need to drive to an approved shop for an estimate. With just a call to Late's, we'll pick up your vehicle, repair it right, build the insurance, and drop it off. At Loaners and Deduct Assist, Late's Auto Collision Centers is the finest in collision repair. It's pro time because at Lowe's, it's Provember. Save big with inventory you can count on, like Flex products or DeWalt power tools starting at just $99. Plus, Lowe's MVPs members earn up to three times bonus points per dollar on select items. Save all Provember long. Bonus points calculated before taxes and fees after applicable discounts, if any. MVPs Pro Rewards Program terms and restrictions apply. See Lowe's.com slash L slash Pro Loyalty Terms. Subject to change. Prices valid from 10-17-22 to 2 or until supplies last. Guitar, here we come. Kristen's travel agency has one right, goal. Talk to you soon. The world's biggest soccer tourney. The hotel is seven miles from the stadium. Are you serious? Did you email the transportation company? Now he needs an Arabic interpreter on his roster. I don't speak it either. Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. You can schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from your employer dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Your family's health is a top priority. That's why we are conducting research with the goal of helping people who have COVID-19 stay out of the hospital and feel better faster. Learn more at active6study.org slash radio. That's A-C-T-I-V-6-study.org slash radio. Do you struggle with occasional nerve aches in your hands or feet? Try Nervive Nerve Relief from the world's number one nerve care company. Nervive tablets contain alpha-lipoic acid to relieve nerve aches, weakness, and discomfort, plus B-complex vitamins to support healthy nerve function as you age. Live life with less nerve discomfort with Nervive Nerve Relief. Learn more at NerviveHealth.com. And try Nervive Pain Relieving Cream to block nerve pain signals at the source. 
Use as directed. Why wait to save? Dell Technologies Black Friday event arrives early with select deals on top tech to power business productivity. The savings start now with up to 48% off performance business PCs powered by 12th Gen Intel Core processors. Don't forget special pricing on the latest monitors, docks, and accessories, including free shipping on everything. Call a Dell Technologies advisor at 877-ASK-DELL for Black Friday deals. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Fall is here. Is your vehicle ready? Hi, this is Leif, owner of Leif's. Accidents happen, but you can minimize the risk. Changing your wiper blades, keeping your windows clean, good tires, and polishing those headlights. Now, if you are in an accident, please support the locally owned body shops instead of the national chains. And if you choose Leif's, remember, pre-loss repairs, factory parts, loaners, and deduct assist. Yes, we are locally owned. Lace, the finest in collision repair. Back to the bald faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. I appreciate you making this radio show part of your day every day. The, uh, the All-Star Game for the AUDL will be at Providence Park. Uh, check it out if that's your thing or if that piqued your interest. Uh, for those of you who are into college football, tomorrow will be a heavy college football show. And on Friday, this radio show is going on the road. It's a road trip. I will be broadcasting from Husky Stadium on Friday. University of Washington uh, has us all set up to do a live broadcast from the stadium in front of Oregon State's game against Washington. So that'll be a lot of fun. We'll be in the stadium. I'm going to see if I can pull uh, maybe some uh, guests uh, on Friday's show that have something to do with the football game, uh, whether it be a broadcaster or a personality or, uh, you know, a Washington or Oregon State guest. We'll get that on Friday. Tomorrow, though, we'll have our official picks on the show and uh, we'll get uh, we'll talk a little bit about what's happening around the conference the Pac-12 conference take a trip around and of course we'll be all over the breaking news and if you want to win tickets tomorrow another opportunity to win some Phil Knight invitational tickets and oh by the way those tickets aren't like to one game those tickets are getting you I think 12 games because it gets you both the men's and the women's tickets right 12 games total by the way, the games are Thursday, November 24th, and Sunday, November 27th at Moda Center. All four championship games for the men's and women's PK Invitational and PK Legacy. So the winner is getting a pair of tickets for all the Moda Center games, uh, both the men's and women's brackets. We're not jimmy-jacking around here. We are uh, bringing you the real deal. So we will give away tickets on the show uh, again tomorrow. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, I want you to leave it here if you're listening on 750 The Game because Talk Timbers is coming up. And if you are listening on one of our affiliates, Fox Sports Eugene always has great programming. We lead right into it. Uh, 1490 a.m. in Roseburg, same thing. 960 a.m. in Klamath Falls. Appreciate everybody who's listening in Klamath Falls. We are back tomorrow. Grab the podcast. Read me at johnconzano.com if that's your thing. Get a free subscription. Get a paid subscription. I'm working on stuff. I wrote about San Diego State today. San Diego State has hired some consultants trying to position themselves to get into the Pac-12. You can read all about it at johnconzano.com. We're back tomorrow with another great radio show.